Hello there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S5E4, Thrown from the Ride. Yes, you are. We are. We are. They are. This is written by Maya Goldsmith, directed by... Now, uh, you were giving me shit about this. I, I believe I said Janice Cook, and you, you said that's the wrong pronunciation. I'm just going to go on a limb and say it's probably Janice Cook. Janice Cook. Uh, I'm going to keep saying Janice. Knock it out of the park. Uh, Janice Cook, who has like one of those pretty extensive TV like careers. Producer, director. Uh, directing most recently, like Jane the Virgin, some PLL, Heart of Dixie, Ravenswood, of course. Carrie Dyer, Diaries, Gossip Girl, One Tree Hill, 90210, Medium, Charmed. Uh, mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek. <laughs> yeah, thrown from the ride. This also a producer on Sliders. Sliders. This is a an interesting episode. I'd kind of forgotten about this episode just because in my memory of the season, I remember like episode three was like like really good, and then like episode five was like insane. Yeah, I kind of forgotten about episode four. This episode is really interesting. Well, it, it's really moving those pieces and establishing the mood that will get. Well, it's, uh, it's like all mood. It's like well, it's basically considering where episode five goes. No spoilers. Uh, this this episode kind of infuses Rosewood with this very dark, moody type of gasoline. Well, and everything in this episode, there's so much that's like, rather than like spell out a plot point or like a new revelation, it's just kind of like. Hey, here's this scene. Draw your own conclusion as to what the fuck is happening right now. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of the girls are in there being thrown from the ride are left in a very conflicted space. And yeah, like, well, plus because these characters, one of these characters in particular is completely shrouded in mystery. Mm -hmm. Who knows what the fuck is going on in her head? I assume you're talking about Arya. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Always. Yeah, so speaking of Arya, we're going to open on her and Hannah. They're in school quad. There's a bunch of carts of books around, like a book fair or something. Yeah, or something. Uh, like a donated book fair or something. Sure, sure. Arya, what the is hat. that, like an Annie Hall look? Kind of? Kind of. She's got like a, little, a pork pie hat on. Like a yeah, lady's pork pie hat. Um, She's almost going like the, uh, fittingly, the Walter White. Oh. That'd like be more yeah, hers hers is gray with the black rim. It's not like the full Heisenberg. Uh, can you just can you just picture Lucille saying, "You're goddamn right." Say my name, uh, Hannah. Meanwhile, we we see her new hair, which is basically like there's it's still blonde, but there's these like black streaks in it, kind of like underneath the blonde, making uh, her even more the antimatter version of Arya. Yeah, seriously, she also has like a polka dot black and white scarf around her neck. Um, but they're just standing around. Arya's Arya just like cocks her head at Hannah, like like just staring at her. And Hannah's just like, "You hate it." Like mention the hair, obviously. And Arya just like reaches over and touches her streaks, and she's like, "No, I don't hate it. I actually really like it. I'm just Run confused. Hannah. Why is that an impulse? Yeah, <laughs> Arya likes it. That's a problem. And Hannah's like, "I wanted to be spontaneous." And Arya says, "Hannah, you're not spontaneous." It's like, "Oh, well, fuck you too, Arya." Yeah. And Ari says that Hannah makes a Pinterest board before she changes her nails. You know, that's pretty LOL worthy, but I feel like it's not true. I feel like Hannah is probably pretty spontaneous. 
I'm not counting when she dresses up as like Marilyn Monroe for the Halloween train. I get that that takes six but, hours. But would you say she's unexpected? Uh, in a much different fashion than mm. the uh, the girl with the lyrical name. Yes. Tulpa. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Hannah picks up a copy of the Scarlet Letter that and it's sitting there. Uh, she flips through it and happens to see written inside is the name of the previous owner, one Shauna Fring. Yeah, on, on the title page of the front. And, of course, Hannah gets, like, super cold and agitated at this. And Arya's like, what's wrong? And it's like, nothing. And Arya's like, Hannah. And so Hannah kind of relents, and she holds up the book, and she's like, this is Shauna's. And Arya just grabs it, like, what? And she's, like, looking through it. And Hannah just is like, no, put it back. And Arya's like, no, no, no. Hold on a second. Yeah. So she flips through the page. She gets to one where, like, a passage is underlined, and she reads it aloud for us. She says, oh, my God, look what she underlined. <laughs> It is a curious subject whether hatred or love be not the same thing at bottom. This just blows her mind. Mm. Uh, Each leads a passionate lover or the no less passionate hater forlorn and desolate by the withdrawal of his subject. Thank God that describes nobody on this show, right? Yeah. And Hannah's like, Arya, it's probably just a school assignment. She's like, no, this is about Allie and Jenna and us. This is about being A. And Hannah's like, no, this is about you trying to paw through Shauna's things when you should be trying to forget about her. Hannah's just like, you killed a bitch, she's dead, forget about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Arya thinks that there might be more in the book that can be of use, but Hannah tells her to stop. She grabs the book from her, throws it back on the pile, where it's picked up by Mona out of nowhere. Mona Vanderwall just appearing immediately. She picks it up and she's like, who's throwing out the scarlet letter? I love this book. She's backed up by her her new nerd posse. Oh yeah, like there's the humor in that. It's like so undersold. Of course, oh, yeah. she would love the Scarlet Letter. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, by the way, um, Mona Vanderwall, Janelle Parrish, robbed, robbed. I say, Dancing with the Stars. Without a doubt. Third place. I, I I feel like those judges and those voters should watch their backs. So who was it? Carlton. Mm-hmm. I think the nice thing is that even as they were watching her face as she lost, they got those texts. All their phones mm-hmm. went off at the same time. I don't get the shows where the judges don't pick winners. Well, like it, it got like kind of bullshit at the end. I mean, I don't really watch the show, but I was kind of following along in the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Like the judges just started handing out tens for everything. No, oh. and it's like, but if like one of your dancers is way better than the other one, and you give them both tens, like. And it's like she should have been getting like twelves for the dances she was doing. Like she was just like dancing in a more complex, like higher degree of difficulty than the other ones. But this seems to me, from what I understand of the show, and I could be mistaken, so feel free to tell me. But it seems like the whole structure is, is unbelievably flawed when you have judges who supposedly rate the quality or whatever of the dancing, but none of that matters. Well, they, no, they say they factor be... in both the audience votes and the judges' scores, but, but like. I mean, it's like, a, it's like a magical thing where they just like tell you and they, they it's not like you can like check their work or anything. But a anything. huge portion of it is the popularity contest. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean there's a reason Carlton won and not Mona Vanderwaals because America's a lot more familiar with Carlton. Yeah, that's a shame. Anyway, Janelle Parrish, she's pretty awesome. Yeah. Robbed. Mm. So yeah, Mona just loves the Scarlet Letter. Of course she does. And she immediately opens a book right to that title page and sees Shauna's name. She says, maybe you should get it for Allie. Since she's planning on coming back to school, she probably needs to catch up. And Ari and Hannah are just like, uh... Hannah's like, she'll get her own copy. I just, I'm amazed, diverging here, like, why hasn't, like, when Ezra does his play, you know, when he directs Mm -hmm. his play, 
Why doesn't he like try to mount a version of the Scarlet Letter? Can you just imagine like one of the girls on stage dresses Hester Prynne? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so Monus says, uh, "Well, why don't you take this copy? You know, Shauna won't be needing it." Yeah. <laughs> and like panicked look for Mal- Arya, like she looks totally gu- guilty. And Monus like she transferred back to Georgia, right? I mean, let's be real. Arya just pooped there a little yeah. bit. And it's like, I don't know. I barely remember the girl. Well, Arya looks like she's about... Yeah, Arya looks like she's about to say something incredibly dumb. And mm-hmm. street smart Hannah, who's you know, can't be spontaneous at all, cuts in with, I don't know, I barely remember her girl. And Mona's like, well, who could blame you? People come and go so quickly around here. Shauna gone, Allie back. One girl checks out, another one checks in. Nice hair. And then she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> just like she touches her hair and makes like extreme Hannah face. And... Well, she's just been like verbally assaulted by Mona and it stings. It got her right where like, it hurts. Arya looks like she's about to vomit. Mona is, is just the best. Like she just, she always knows how to come in and like leave you wanting more. Yeah, just like lob nice a, few, hair. <laughs> a few word grenades and then checks out. Uh, Arya looks like she's about to flat out explode. Hannah looks like she might implode. So they make a good, you know, matter, antimatter combo there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after the credits, we're in the De Laurentiis living room. We're looking at Ken De Laurentiis as Allison comes in with a, into the room with a big box of clothes. And he's just like, hey, I um, there's waffles if you're hungry. What do you got there? And Allie says it's clothes for Goodwill. And Ken says, Al, which that just bothers me that he calls her Al. Uh, says, I'm, just, I'm just tied up by the fact that I'm sure she was upstairs thinking like, I hope there's waffles. I hope there's syrup. Uh, Ken says, Al, do you think it's a good idea to hold off? Or, you know, don't you think it's a good idea to hold off for a bit? I wouldn't want you to give away something of your mom's that you might regret later on. And she's like, oh, these aren't mom's or mine. I feel like I needed a clean slate. And he's like, okay, but do you feel like you're rushing things a bit? It might be nice to have some familiar things. He just... It's like he's aiming for a concerned parent, but he's coming off like condescending twat. Well, not only that. The biggest fucking square. Yeah. Like, so dorky, it hurts. Um, and Allison's like, I've already grown, up, grown out of this stuff already. I'm not the same person that I was two years ago. Um, which is a normal statement. But I read a lot of bullshit online at the time. That how this obviously played into evil twin theory. How everything obviously <laughs> plays into the evil twin theory. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of... Uh, like, I, I, I recall during this half season, some of the viewers and fans of the show just really hated Allie. Yeah, and like just thought she was like pure evil. Like they right. did not empathize with her at all. And it's like just her saying she's not the same person as she was two years ago just like upset them. I, I almost want to like, say, how dare you, Allie? I, and I don't say this to like attack those people who are that that, fa- that portion of the fan base, but I kind of say like I'm not saying you have to love Allison, root for her, especially when it comes to shipping. But like if you don't appreciate the manipulative sociopathic aspects of Alison De Laurentiis, I'm going to go on a limit that maybe you don't quite get the full <laughs> show. Uh, I, 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 it's to say like, you, maybe you're enjoying the part of the show that you think you're, you're appreciating, but it's like, there's other shades. There's other like tones that you're missing out on that you really should look into because they're amazing. Um, but Alison remembers that she needs some things before she goes back to school, notepads, a new backpack. I know she needs new notepads because she has to continue on those conversations that reveal illicit details like yeah. Toby in a do-rag. <laughs> and Kenneth is like, school? 
And Ali's like, I can't stay in my room forever. It's not helping. And and I need to go back if if I want to graduate before I'm 30. <laughs> and Kenneth says, I want you to have that fresh start that we're talking about. But I really don't see how that's possible if we stay here. And Ali's like, you want me to move? No, no, I need my friends. And he's like, well, you'll still see them. The place I moved into isn't that far away. Maybe the girls can come spend the summer. And Ali's just like, Dad, please don't. I can't have my friends taken away from me, too. And he says nothing. Ali's like sad. And see, this, I feel, is like the, the counter to people who think Ali's just like this evil, manipulative bitch. Like, she really, like, she needs her friends. Like, she might not show, like, this is kind of her soft underbelly that she might not show to the liars, but it does exist. Well, I think she needs her friends in a lot of ways. You're right. Mm-hmm. There is a, a genuine, sensitive, wounded aspect to this this very human girl who needs her friends. But also, the part of her that's a monster <laughs> needs her friends like appendages that have claws yeah, on them. If that's the way you want to view her. I don't know. I'm pretty I, I think empathetic to Allie's character. Oh, I am too. But I, I, I appreciate her when she puts the claws out and uses all of her nasty abilities. She only addition- kills when they need food. Exactly. Or when or they're when bored. She's bored. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ken makes like sad, sensitive face. So then from that, we cut to the Hastings kitchen where we're looking out the window where we see the crime scene there and the cops are doing some stuff. Veronica's looking out the window of her cup of coffee in hand. Um, the start of this episode is certainly brought to you by coffee. Um, <laughs> Veronica's looking a little haggard. Yeah. A little stressed out, a little exhausted. Yeah. Uh, and she says, it's like living in the middle of a demolition site. They destroyed everything. And Spencer is just kind of shooting nervous glances over at her mom, packing her school stuff. And she's like, ah, Veronica's like, absolutely everything. And Spencer says, Mom, did you sleep down here last night? And Veronica says, she wouldn't call it sleeping. Every time she closed her eyes, she could hear the scraping of the shovels. And Spencer's like, do you remember when you told me that Dad and Melissa had been acting strange? Well, if you rewatch this episode, I really invite you to, to appreciate that moment. Just that single moment where Leslie Ferris says, yes. <laughs> yes. And she's she's like sitting there holding her coffee and she's like, yes. Of course I do, Spencer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Spencer says, okay, well, the other day Melissa tried to tell me something, something important, and Dad stopped her. And I think that it has to do with Allie's mom. And Veronica's just like, oh, Spencer. And she's just, it's like, she's just like, oh, Jesus, not this again. Yeah. You and your crazy fucking paranoia. Spencer's like, no, you know something's wrong, okay? I can I can tell that you know. They're hiding something. Veronica says, uh, I spoke to your sister. The only thing that she's been hiding is getting back together with Ren. That's why she avoided Toby. And Spencer's just like, she's pleading. She's like, she's keeping secrets. Other secrets. <laughs> Other secrets, yeah. Met- meta statement there. Just then, Peter comes downstairs and says, morning. <laughs> he just trots on down. Which is, oh shit, you guys, season five is going to be a two Hastings parents season. Oh, yeah. That's amazing right there. Well, it's like he he instantly takes the temperature of the room. Yeah. As the Hastings girls are just like silently sipping their coffee. Yeah, burying themselves in coffee. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what's the matter? Or should I say, what's the matter now? And Veronica says they're just talking about Jessica and how upsetting it is. And he's like, of course you're upset. We all are. Layers. Yeah. Spencer just kind of like... As she takes a bite of like her cereal or whatever it is, it just shoots a very suspicious glance over at him. Yeah. Veronica's like, how much longer is our yard going to remain a crime scene? Peter says that, uh, said they'd be done by the end of the day, try to relax. And he like kisses Veronica on the head and looks over at Spencer. He's like, you too, Spence. And he just takes off. Well, 
like you know, these these women are already tense enough, but nothing is more unnerving. Nothing makes them want to like roll right out of their skin more than somebody trying to tell them whatever this relaxation thing is, because that doesn't happen in the House of Hastings. Nobody relaxes. Peter's pretty relaxed right well, now. Because he's off to the cockfights and then uh, Turkish bath. Mm-hmm. Um, so Peter's gone. Veronica asks if Spencer thinks they should hire Toby this weekend to replant the yard. Which, let's <laughs> just hire your boyfriend to replant the yard. But Spencer well, like, says Toby's on Toby a job. Is Toby still remodeling that loft? Like, uh, I, I, who even knows? Yeah, exactly. He's on a job, Spencer says, in Guilford, if that's a real place. Uh, Veronica doesn't think they can do this thing themselves. Spencer says that she'll find someone to take care of the yard. But Spencer wants to know if they can just talk about this, please. And Veronica's like, no, no, I don't want to talk about this. Our next-door neighbor was found murdered in our backyard. Surreal. It doesn't even begin to describe this experience. Even Veronica now is doing some, like, Keegan Allen-worthy hand acting. Yeah, yeah. Um, So Spencer face there. Uh, Veronica's like, let's just focus on what we can control, okay? Which, again, another meta statement. Mm -hmm. Uh, So cut to, as usual, an empty classroom. But this time, it's darkened. This is PLS darkness. Yeah, yeah, there's there's never any light in uh, PLL so the blinds are outside the daylight. General Mona is having a meeting with her adjunct in charge of Squirrely, which is DJ Lucas. Bad boy Lucas. Yeah, Mona's like, you're being naive. We can't just call this off. And Lucas is like, sure we can. Is that uh, your Lucas voice? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> what voice was that? I don't know. My Lucas voice, if I think if I were to try to like do it without analyzing it later, is probably too similar to my Sydney voice. Hmm. but uh mona says did somebody spit in your cornflakes this morning why are you suddenly bugging out which i feel like is not the greatest mona line lucas says i'm not i'm just having second thoughts she was held in the basement okay allison was kidnapped and blindfolded and i don't even want to think about what else which is going to be a theme of this episode Mm -hmm. Uh, hasn't the universe punished her enough and mona says what we're doing isn't punishment it's a preventative measure and Lucas is like, that's semantics. I never thought I'd say this, but I feel bad for her. And Mona just shakes her head. She's like so disappointed in this sap. Oh, yeah. She's just looking at him like she's thinking of all the ways that she can kill him with just her thumb. Mm-hmm. And Lucas is like, it's hard to still see Allie as a devil when she just escaped from that hell. And Mona's like, what if I told you that her junction story is just that, a story? And Lucas is like, no one would lie about something like that. Ramona's like, she did, and I can prove it. Whoa. Mm, intrigue. I mean, the lighting is amazing. It's so dark. But if I could make this even nerdier for a second, this whole scene feels like Chancellor Palpatine is meeting with and scheming with one of his apprentices. Yeah, but the the blinds on the wall letting the light in are more of like a, a Yoda in his chambers. Oh, yeah, in the Jedi like Temple. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he feels anger and I mean, yeah, I just I feel bad for John Parrish. I mean, she lost this Dancing with the Stars trophy, and now we have to watch her get flack from this piece of garbage. Um, so She's like, look- I don't think you understand, Lucas. That was an order, not a request. Yeah, exactly. I'm not here like for your opinion on these matters, Lucas. Um, so the girls' locker room. Sydney comes in. She's in her swimsuit, fresh from the pool. She's following by Coach Emily. Can we talk about it? What Emily's wearing? Yeah, please do. It is like a. A very loose mesh tank top with like kind of huge armholes mm-hmm. and like a bra underneath. Not even yeah. a sports bra, just a bra. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, at first I was like, I just like had to go back. I'm like, wait, is she just wearing like a very visible bra under like a like completely sheer loose tank top? Yes, she is. She's Emily Fields. She can mm-hmm. get away with it. This is not the only time that we've noticed that Emily's style is just one half bra. 
Oh, and it's it's like she's just like come at me. Who, who's gonna complain? You know. Well, it's like hey, at least I'm not wearing the goddamn jerseys anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So Sydney can't believe that she's only improved her speed by seconds because she felt like she was flying. Emily's telling her her technique is better though. Uh, Emily asks if she wants to meet up tomorrow. Sydney says that she needs to check on her family, but she should be able to make it. Emily then realizes it's tomorrow Saturday. Oh, she's like, oh, right. It's Saturday. <laughs> Days yeah. mean nothing to me now. Yeah. Emily says that she's doing pretty much everything she can to avoid spending time at home. So Sydney asks what's going on there. Emily says... You well, know, that's besides, a weird thing to say, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's... Just, just drop that. Like, oh, well, yeah. I'm pretty much doing everything I can to avoid spending time at home. It's inviting questions. Mm-hmm. So when Emily then gets kind of like, why are you asking me questions? It's like, well, maybe don't drop shit like that. Um... But Emily, so Sydney asks what's going on. Emily says, you know, besides my mom giving me the third degree, nothing. Well, Sydney's face is just like, the fuck? Yeah. She's like sitting there like drying her hair, listening. And Emily's like, ever since my friend Allie came back, all my mom, mom does is ask me questions. Well, she's not asking me questions. She's staring at me, waiting for me to talk. So I started taking extra long showers just to get away from her. When the hot water runs out, I'm screwed. Well, I love this reaction from Sydney. She's like, it's kind of natural, though, for her to have questions. Yeah. Like, you know, that's normal. And she's like, I would never ask mine. That doesn't mean I don't have them. Uh, and Emily's just like stares at Sydney like she's such an amateur. Well, like, Emily gets this look on her face like, this conversation now bores me. Yeah. So her phone goes off. She sees that it's a call from Allison. She ignores it. She starts to back off, says that they'll meet at the same time tomorrow as they did today. She turns to go out the door just as Paige is coming in. Uh, Emily's like, oh, sorry. Paige's like, no problem. Paige looks like she hasn't been sleeping very well either. Oh, there's there's some extension there. So just yeah. briefly, uh, she got that call from Allison and just hit the old ignore. Yeah, a little harsh. Like I feel yeah. like the the liars are kind of like they have this weird attitude where like Allison's like you know not filling them in on right. things, you know, not keeping them in the loop, and yet like they're not making a ton of effort here. Like except for Hannah, like the liars are just like oh Allie's calling, ignore. Well, they're they're really like bouncing. Feel- Back and forth from Allison, like they're yo-yos. Well, I, I, it's it's like they're finding, they're like orchestrating reasons to be mad at Allie, you know? Well, I think they have plenty of reasons, but yeah. Well, th- but at the same time, it's like they're like, oh, Allie, you're not keeping us in the loop, even though Allie explains exactly what she's doing and tries to call them and talk to them and then don't even answer the phone. Right, right. But also, they feel then crushed by the very lies that they're telling on Allison's behalf. But they're like taking it out on her. It's like it's mm-hmm. like it's it's setting up a pattern where they're only going to get crushed from both sides, you know. Um. So yeah, Paige comes in. Emily goes out. Uh, I just gotta say, Chloe Bridges, like following her on Twitter and Instagram, like not really like paying active attention, just the casual stuff. She seems like she's fun. She's also like eighteen. But she is she eighteen? Like maybe nineteen. I think she's a little bit older than that because she's like in college. Mm-hmm. Like she just got announced to be on some MTV show. I just think it's interesting that she's like going to school for some pretty heavy stuff. But in the meantime, she was on what Carrie Diaries, now PLL. It's not a bad career, like not a bad side job while you're going to college. Definitely. Anyway, um, so outside the front of the school, we see that quite a few students have gathered to watch just the three of the liars. Oh well, yeah, the camera just kind of pans across all these people staring over at uh, the liars sans Emily at a picnic table eating lunch. Yeah. Uh, which I feel like you always kind of see Spencer out there eating lunch when she meets like Toby cuz you know Toby's not not in high school. Okay, uh, she's 23. Yeah, that's what I thought. So like no. there's like a a much like larger 
gathering of students there. It's like they just want to gawk at these three ladies. Um, so there's Spencer, Hannah, and Arya sitting at the table training their lunch. They've noticed now that everyone is watching them and talking. And Spencer's like, it's still better than sitting in the cafeteria. And Arya's like, not really. We're still a freak show. Now we're just a freak show in natural light. <laughs> I mean, and perhaps it's not that these girls are gorgeous teenage pariahs. Maybe everyone has just gathered around to talk shit about Arya's silly hat. Yeah, or Hannah's new streaks. Yeah. Hannah says, I feel like we're lobsters in the tank at, the, at a restaurant. You know, the ones that you stare at to see which one you want to eat. And then you see the lobster with the chewed off, like the chewed off claw. And then the rubber band is, and Spencer cuts her off. She's like, Hannah, we're not lobsters. Relax. Um, Spencer's wearing a sh- shirt of assorted birds on it. And it looks like Troy and Belisario has a wig on. Uh, so Emily shows up for lunch. Yeah, the wig thing. Like, this would come up like every week on, on the PL subreddit during the season. Like, people are like, oh my God, I hate her wig. Like. I don't know. Maybe. This is the... I don't know if she's had it in the previous episode of season five. This is the first time I've noticed it. And I, I feel like I noticed it for the uh, next few episodes. But this is the episode where it seems like she's really acting from behind the wig. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just... I guess I just don't care. Like, I watch Game of Thrones and, like, they're all wearing wigs. And I just, like... I don't know. I, I don't really notice it that much unless people point it out to me. So Emily shows up for lunch, and behind her we can see that Mona has gathered with her army of nerds on the steps of the <laughs> school. Posse is joining her. Uh, and, yeah. Like this episode, like whenever Mona goes now, there's a posse behind her. Well, I like how Mona comes out, takes her position. They all then come out as if they were walking single file and just fill in the spaces around her and behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Arya has seen them, and Arya very visibly to anyone watching her is like, "Oh my god, you guys! She is seriously freaking me out." She knows that we were in New York. She threatened Allie. And what if she knows about Shauna, too? Spencer's like, Aria, look, you need to take a psychological selfie right now. You're letting your paranoia get the better of you. And coming for me, that really means something. Yeah. She doesn't say that, but she should. Aria's like, really? How do you know this isn't all about Shauna? She kind of jerks her thumb in Mona's direction. And Spencer says, because it's not. It's all about Allie. I've been fielding questions about her all day. And Emily's like, yeah, me too. You know, some people have been nice about it, I guess. And Hannah says, some people have been rude about it. This girl in PE asked me if it was true that Al- if Allie was fed raw meat. And Spencer's like, what did you say? And Hannah says, nothing. I just bonked her over the head with a dodgeball. Oh, Hannah's amazing. Oh, she's just the best. That's how you do it, Hannah. Uh, so just then. Just I really want to see Hannah box someone over the head with a dodgeball now. Uh, I believe that's going to be a side mission in our PLO video game, right? Oh, yeah. Just handle like walking around with a, like a dodgeball, like bonking people in the head. Uh, so just then all four of their phones go off at the same time. <laughs> Familiar. <laughs> my favorite uh, thing on the show. Yeah, they all freak out. Arya especially was like, oh my god. And Emily's like, it can't be. And Spencer's like, it isn't. It's Allie. She reads the text from Allison and then she kind of interprets it for everyone. She's like, wait, this is intense. She says that because there were no obvious signs of struggle, they're going to have to wait until the coroner's toxicology results come in to determine her mom's cause of death. And Hannah's like, cause of death? It was murder. Duh. Hannah Marin, um, just on fire right now. She's a magical unicorn. Um, <laughs> Arya talks about how the, about the cops thinking that Mrs. D was or, poisoned. Oh, yeah. Arya media is like, maybe the cops think she was poisoned. It's like, that's interesting that you, you went there immediately, Arya. Yeah. And Hannah's like, how do they know that if she's, or how do they know that she wasn't buried alive? And everybody goes silent and they kind of look awkwardly at Spencer. And Spencer's like, you guys, you don't have to pretend that she wasn't found in my backyard. And Emily says, we know your family had nothing to do with what happened to Allie's mom, Spence. And Hannah says, yeah, of course not. I mean, if they killed her, 
They wouldn't make a bonehead move like burying her in their own flower bed. Which is another awesome line from Hannah. Yeah. And Ari says, Hannah, that's not helping. And Hannah's like, yes, it is. Which, like, I think she's right. Like, this is, like, comforting to a logical person like Spencer. She's like, Spencer, your family's not dumb enough to bury a body in their own yard. Well, on top of it... They would, like, drive through an abandoned building and, like, put it in acid. Right, right. Or or set up a patsy. Uh, Either way, Hannah's, like, there's no kid gloves there. You know, yeah. everyone else is like tiptoeing around Spencer's concerns. Hannah's like given to her like brutally honest. Well, um, I feel like that's like Spencer. I don't, I don't think she'd react negatively to that. Like, I feel like that's right in her wheelhouse, you know? Right, right. It's a nice scene, though, to show you that it's it's a nice new dynamic. It's a, it's a grave new world to Allison's, you know, now back in. But uh, the core group of the four of them is still the best. Uh, so behind them, we see, of course, that the Mona Legion is still watching. We <laughs> cut the, to the twins. Uh Cindy and Mindy. Yeah. Just like the weird silent twins always watching with the glasses and bangs. Yeah. So in Allison's bedroom, we see Allison's chilling on her bed, doing some texty, texty, texting on her phone. She's texting Emily. We see that she's typed the words, can you call me back, please? And then she starts to sign it, uh, sign off with dash A. And she, she moves to hit send and then stops and then like fills in the rest of her name, Allison. You know, like, oh, I shouldn't just sign it A, which... It's just very, just like, hmm, you know, like, yeah. I mean, this is obviously the writers just playing with the audience right now. Oh, it's, it's I remember so... this pissed off so many people in this episode that came out. They're like, oh, my God, Allie, how could you even think of sending that? Oh, I, I fucking loved it, though. I yeah, loved I it. Um, So she hits send. We see that the, the font on her phone is huge. Uh, Just then. Yeah, it's it's like my dad's phone, basically. Just then, Ken Daly just walks in. He's like, I hope you want a sandwich. Um. She says, not really. Uh, he basically asks she's hungry. He, he says that he got a call from Detective Holbrook, and they really need her to come in for that medical exam. I was hoping you could do it later on. <laughs> she asks what her dad told him, and Ken says that he was able to put it off before because of her mom, but they can't postpone it forever. She starts well, to get... Allie is like, this is like filled with emotion, like fighting off tears. Oh, yeah. Like, she's going to do 90% of this episode with like a light sheen of tears over well, her eyes. What's so amazing about all these scenes with Allie in this episode is you don't you never know like is this an act? Is it not an act? Like she seems upset. What is she upset about? And like your mind just drifts to like really really dark places. Oh especially as they talk about the exam. Especially since the idea has been put yeah. in your head by, by DJ Lucas. Though I would argue I do not believe the cops would allow her to have not had the exam by now. Um, that would have I, happened I don't know. the night of her return. I mean, is it there? I mean, I don't know if the cops get to allow that. I mean, I think her well, dad I mean, basically the, said no. The the dark outcome that they're all so terrified of. I mean, the forensic evidence would all be destroyed anyway, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, questions there, but like this, there's this really uncomfortable subtext through the whole episode. Yeah, where everybody who doesn't know the truth about Allie is assuming that she was raped in captivity. Right. But then at the same time, we the audience, we know that that's not true. But we've always wondered concurrently: was Allie ever abused by someone else in some other way before she ran away? Well, but he also, even the people who know the truth about Allison don't know the truth about Allison. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, <laughs> like, and it's, it's really like this episode is like, like, there's parts of it that are kind of like, it's like kind of turns your stomach on rewatch just because it, it's like nobody's coming out and saying it, but everybody knows the subtext mm-hmm. that's happening. And it's like really dark and uncomfortable. It, 
it's not a perfect example. It reminds me a little bit. I don't know if you remember this this soldier from the Iraq War, but Jessica Lynch. Yeah, yeah. And all of the stories about what did or did not happen to her. Yeah, um, well, I mean, this whole episode's really like a a great example of rape culture, basically. Yeah. You know, it's like nobody says it, but everybody knows exactly what the context is. Right. Um, um, so Ken brings a chair over, sits beside her. Uh, he says, I know it's difficult, but it's important. This is, um, again, one of those moments where you're really starting to question what the hell did happen to Allison in the last two years. Uh, but also people who, who hate Allison. I just, not this episode per se. I would invite you to go back to, to episode two of this season when she has that moment where she's talking about how she's really looking forward to being back in her own bed. And tell me you hate that girl. I mean, in that well, moment, tell me you hate her. And Kenneth is like, I'm going to be right there on the other side of the door. And Allie's just like, Dad, I don't want to go. And she turns back to face him. She's crying. And she's like, Dad, please don't make me. And Kenneth's like, sweetheart, I'm sorry. I haven't wanted to push you to talk. But if you were hurt, you need to tell someone. And like, this is actually like the guy who plays Kenneth. Uh, I forgot to look his name up. But this is pretty good delivery by him in this scene. Like, he really sells this. Well, it's, it's and you nice really, you really sense that his reluctance to say it, but like he has to at the same time. Right. right. I mean, it's a father's reaction. Yeah. Uh, it's nice how in the same shot that they kind of like take that focus off him as he's starting to get emotional, bring it back to to Allison as she kind of like in profile tilts her head up, processing this. Like yeah, it's she's like made she's a decision, trying she's, to like keep it a little more together. Then she turns to him just to to make him feel better. Says something like, "Nothing like that happened, Dad." Yeah, like whispering. Yeah. And Kenneth like just like sighs and he takes her hand like he's relieved and he's like, and Allie says, "You know, um, I actually do think I'm hungry. I'd love a sandwich." Yeah. And he's like, "Coming right up." And so he he gets up and he looks back and he says, "I know you said you needed some new clothes. I want you to buy you. Want you to buy uh, whatever you like, okay?" Which is like. It's so shallow, but I mean, it's like, what can you do? You know? Right, right. It's like my daughter's an emotional wreck. I don't know what's going on with her. You needed new clothes, right? At least I can do that. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting how it kind of fulfills those gender roles. The father who can't process the idea that his daughter was sexually assaulted. The daughter, yes, you can make me that sandwich. You can provide that care. And he responds with, money will fix everything. Take my credit card. Um, well, I don't think he's like money will fix everything, but it's like no, it's not. That's that, just like he's trying. That's to something he knows daughter. how to do, basically. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, the material. He's hoping that it's not a perfect fix, but hopefully, the material yeah. needs will patch well, up a little then bit. Then, when he leaves, Allie really starts crying. Like yeah. she's like now she's like really sobbing, and you're really wondering like, did she just lie to her dad? Mm-hmm. Like. Like, it's like you don't even know, like, because she's totally sobbing now. It's like, what is she sobbing about? Is it that her dad had to ask or that she had to lie to him? Like, what the hell happened to Allie? Yeah, she brings her knees up to her chest, like, hugs them, crumbles into this mess. And as a viewer, you just kind of feel gross. Yeah. Um. So. Well, first- I feel like Allie is so much of her, her power is in her secrets that it's like almost like she she wouldn't even be able to talk about it if something did happen to her. Like she can't, like it would, it it would, you know, remove her own power to even address it. I feel like is what, where she's coming from, you know. When you have these kind of secrets, you're so incredibly lonely, you know, Mm -hmm. things that you can't tell people. But as I believe Ezra said, uh, uh, some of these stories, he thinks that she actually believes, you know, and so who knows? Yeah, that's the other aspect is who knows if, if she's just sold a lie so much that she believes it now. 
Yeah. Uh, so cut through the hallway at Rosewood High. Andrew walks up to Spencer in her locker and it's he's hot like, nerd, hot nerd Andrew. Uh, he says, you holding up okay? Uh, he says he's been thinking about her, wondering how she's doing. She says that she's been better. And he's like, well, I wanted to check in and make sure that. And she's like, oh, that I'm not popping pills like breath mints? And he's just like, uh. I feel like like he had like a bottle in his hand and he just like did some like magician move to like put in his pocket so she wouldn't see it. Yeah, maybe. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Like, never mind that angle. Yeah. He's like, Uh, well, I wasn't going to put it like that. And she's like, well, no one ever does. But people are running out of euphemisms for a lot of things around here. And he's just like, uh, okay, uh, if you need anything else, and he starts to walk away. And she stops and asks, you know, what's he doing tomorrow? And with a well, smile, she's like, wait, what are you doing tomorrow? With a smile, he's like, I have a feeling you're about to tell me. It's wonderful the way Spencer just blatantly uses Andrew. Well, this guy is just, is he just pining away so hard for Spencer Hastings? Yeah, he really is. And Spencer's like, I know this. I can use this. I yeah. feel no remorse at all. Um, also, you he's like, you're getting what you want a little bit. Yeah. You'll feel good, maybe. Um, as you can see on the dry erase board hanging up Spencer's locker, Kyla is the best. Yeah, this is a mystery of who the fuck is Kyla. Whoever she is, she's the best. Uh, so, cut to the darkened computer lab. Uh, a couple of students are there like doing computer stuff. We see in the back... There's one Miss Aria Montgomery uh, listening to head- music on her headphones. She's listening to like some like J-pop or something. Uh, it's not J-pop. Uh, she sees it kind of sounds got, like it, though. She's got an email from Ezra, and she smiles. The subject line is thank you, so she clicks on it. Well, the, the like the smile she she has when she sees the email from Ezra, it's like, ooh, it's Ezra. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's reminiscent of like those season one smiles. Um, then she's disgusted to see that it's actually a mass email <laughs> sent to the students and faculty at Rosewood High, thanking them for the outpouring of support and well wishes. Yeah, just uh, just frowned or is just disgusted. She should probably just delete it. Yeah. Um. But then a message. Because she is up under- still on the Fitzwagon. Yeah. Then a message pops up on her screen. Theater girl would like to chat, accept or decline. And Arya's just like, "What the fuck?" She's looking around, nervous. Yeah. She accepts, and the message comes through. If it was me, I could never forget. It would haunt me for the rest of my life. Shauna's ghost is in the machine. <laughs> and Arya quickly writes back, who is this? Uh, and her eyes are like so huge. Like there's this great like head on shots of Arya. Like lit, lit only by the computer screen. Yeah. And we, we get the reply. It's Becca from AP History. It's just so terrible what Allison went through. How is she? That's really nice of you, Becca. And Arya just sighs in relief and uh, closes that chat window. It doesn't even respond. Fuck off, Becca. Yeah. And she's she looks around and she starts uh, doing some website paging for Shauna Fring. Mm-hmm. And the top hit is uh, body in New York theater identified. Foul play suspected. And we see Shauna was only 17. And Arya scrolls down and sees a link to ShaunaFringServices.net. So she clicks on that and this video starts playing full screen. It's a video of Shauna's funeral. And it's like a you know woman singing a gospel song in front of Shauna's casket. It's an open casket. Uh, Arya is just completely transfixed. There's so many different angles in this funeral. Well, it, it's fascinating. So you ha- you're like the camera person is obviously like in the middle aisle, like two pew- two like rows of pews on either side. There's a woman sitting in the middle of the aisle, down towards the front, like singing this this gospel hymn, uh, which is I th- it's Sorry. right here in front of me. Blah blah blah. Just a close walk with thee. Um, I believe this woman is supposed to be her grandmother. I think it's her grandmother, yeah. Yeah. Um, so over on the left, 
is Shauna's open casket. And there's people walking past it. But what you can gather over the many shots of this video we see is that the camera person is slowly panning over and then zooming in on Shauna. <laughs> um, Arya, like, she is just... Transfixed. Yeah, eyes wide open. Um, A and single then, tear rolls down her real left eye. So as she's watching, and, and, and her angle at least, is zooming in on Shauna's body, we see that... This is Shauna, so creepy. Shauna starts to sit up in the cast. Like a fucking zombie. Yeah, Shauna just like rises up. And uh, I love these like super, super close up shots of Arya. It's like a tear rolling down her left cheek there. And uh, Arya gasps and Shauna sits up. She looks right out at the camera, like right at Arya. And Arya yanks her headphones out. And then she looks, you know, suddenly Shauna's back in the casket. This is all just part of Arya losing her mind. Yeah, Shauna's super dead. And Arya looks relieved. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> after the commercial, we're at the Brew of Hannah. Um, uh, can we just say again, man, this season is dark. Have we mentioned that yet? This uh, episode is pitch black. Yeah, yeah. Wonderfully so. Uh, Hannah gets a text from Travis saying, how was school, how was it at school today? Um, just <laughs> remember Travis? That, yeah, reminding that he exists in Hannah's world. Uh, then Lucas comes up to her with the asshole opening line of, long time, no see. And Hannah, Looks completely unfazed. She's just like, so you're back at Rosewood. And he says, homeschooling wasn't really for me. It's kind of a game changer when your mom can ground you and flunk you. And it's been, Lucas, I'm sorry, uh, Hannah, she just kind of smiles like wanly at him. Like, eh, well, whatever. She looks either just like super depressed or like she's on quite loose. Yeah, so Lucas just goes ahead and sits down right next to her. And he says, I heard about Allison. It's kind of hard to believe. And it's like, what did you hear? He says that she escaped from whoever it was who took her, and she's back in Rosewood. She's coming back to school. And it's like, I don't know. And her phone starts ringing, and Hannah's like, sorry, I have to take this. This is Allie. Well, she keeps, like, he's, like, sitting to the side of her. So he's she keeps facing looking, her, yeah. She keeps looking forward. So he keeps, like, intently studying her profile, needing answers. This is not the buoyant, jubilant, like, amazing hannah that we've always known this is like hannah like drained this is well, it's uh, funny because I, I think he he came to try to get a read on hannah because mona has told him that Allie's lying either that or yeah i think yeah i think you're right i think but, he's but i think the funny thing is like hannah is like so checked out that like he's getting nothing well i think i know i've seen other people who've had different interpretations i believe lucas is there his own volition wanting independent confirmation of what Mona's told yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the way I read it. But that's the funny thing about this episode. It's like there's so much kind of like in, in subtext and between the lines where it's like you can interpret so many of these scenes in so many different ways. The show isn't really spelling anything out for you right now. Well, in the show, it's amazing what a more complicated, interesting dynamic web it becomes when you remove A from the equation in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, because you always just kind of lump everything into this this nebulous like it's a it's board shorts it's beach hottie and sometimes those things fracture to mean different people and titles and sometimes it's all one figure black widow and this mm -hmm. and, yeah, but whatever. now with with no a it's like everybody's motives are suspect and nothing is really spelled out for you and you can watch this episode and think Allie is a complete sociopathic liar or you can think she was like horribly abused and like completely worthy of sympathy, you know, like yeah. you really don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like, is Lucas being a nice guy here? Is he, is he trying to ferret out a uh, mistake from Hannah? 
But yeah, Hannah just she just looks like she's just walked out of like electroshock therapy. She's so out but of she's it. She's just not even yeah, like it's funny that he tr- he's picked this time to try to like probe her cuz she's not giving him anything. But I mean, classic with the way this episode is going, it's not like Lucas has realized this as her friend and asked her like, "Hey Hannah, how are you?" Yeah, really. The the one time it would be it'd be nice for him to like show a little uh, sensitivity towards Hannah. Yeah, um, so her phone rings, and she's basically just, you know, like, hey, sorry, Dweeb, I have to take this as Allie. He says, fine. He's watching her. He's like, she, no problem. I'll see ya. Yeah, and he watches her. She gets up, walks away. Uh, she comes in the, you know, the foreground, and he's in the background. She answers the phone. She says, How? hey, Allie. Uh, in her bedroom on the other end of the call, we see Allison, who's a little frantic, and she's just like, where is everyone? You're the first person to pick up, which is not no, exactly I, the warmest hello. Hey, I feel you, though, Allie. Like, that's really annoying. You're like, hey. Hey, liars, like, I'm back, like, you wanted me to come back, here I am, I'm trying to talk to you, and you're just oh, ignoring and me. I get, I get that she's a, you know, well, prisoner in her own home, even though she knows how to get out of it when she wants to. But at the same time, well, I feel like it, during the daytime, Allison's definitely a prisoner in her own home. Yeah. But it's just reinforcing all of Hannah's issues right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's implying that Hannah's not the first person she called. <laughs> Um, so Allison's telling Hannah that she has to go in for this medical exam tomorrow. She doesn't want to go alone. Allison asks if Hannah can please come with her. Hannah considers it for a moment and then says, yeah, sure. Uh, in the background, we see that Lucas has left. Um, Hannah asks what time she should pick Allison up. Yeah. So cut to the girls locker room. Emily's wandering through it, kind of looking for Sydney. She doesn't see Sydney, but she does turn a corner and oh, there's Paige again. And they both kind of like stifle gasps and try to play cool and they see each other. Yeah. Paige is like, how's it going? And Emily's like, I'm just waiting for. And Paige, like, Paige, like, she's so amped up. Like, she's always cutting Emily off, you know? Yeah. Uh, She's like, I was just going to say, you're doing a great job with Sydney. She's gotten a lot better. It's really generous of you to work, you know, on her weekend with her. There's a little bit of subtext there, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Emily's like, yeah, it's nice to just hang out with someone who sees me as more than just a friend of a dead girl walking. And Paige is like, how is Allie? And Emily's like, I don't know. It's hard to know what to ask or what to say. And then Sydney rushes up and she's like, oh, so sorry I'm late. Hey, Paige. Paige's like, hey. And Paige just like turns to Emily and gives her this like kind of pointed shrug. And she's just like, see you around. Yeah. And she backs off and Emily stops her. Emily's like, hey, you know, do you want to come join us? And Sydney's like, yeah, come with us. We're going to go do sprints on the track. Paige's like, really? Okay, let me get some water. You know, for a moment there, she has these, like, wild, like, darting eyes. Well, Emily Uh, has this small smile, which I kind of feel like Emily's just like, hey, we can all just be friends. It won't be awkward. Like, I feel like that's where Emily's coming from here. Yeah, I think I think uh, Emily thinks that they're about to embark on this, like, uh, X utopia. Yeah, we're just friends now and everything's fine. Which is uh, almost malicious of how Emily doesn't even realize how any any <laughs> contact of her would be a huge deal to Paige, you know? Yeah, I mean, these girls are, are teenagers, so. I mean, I, I get that sometimes with breakups, you have that situation where the one person obviously cared a lot more than the other. It's it's so like, cruelly insensitive <laughs> of the one person, of the, of the one next to think, like, well, you should be just as okay at this as I am. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, so we cut to the sprawling tool shed of the Hastings estate. It's like uh, a big garden shed yeah it's, it's big it's big um Spencer and andrew come in andrew's carrying some heavy stuff and Spencer tells him where to set it down and then afterwards he's just like well, andrew's uh, like out of breath yeah you can tell he's been working hard he's like just give me a minute to catch my breath and you know wipe off the manure 
And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Thank you so much for helping out today. I know it's been really hard work, and my mom has been intense. We should mention Spencer is wearing a white T-shirt that appears to read naked on the front in black text uh, under a maroon hoodie. And she's got some like kind of sexy pigtails going on. Intense. And Andrew says, intense. The guys who built the, built the pyramids got more breaks. Hmm. Spencer just laughs at this as Andrew's like stacking up like trays of potted flowers. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, can we take one? A break, I mean. And Spencer's like, uh... And he's like, I'd be good with either a bottle of water or a snack or you making out with me. And Spencer just laughs at this. It's like, oh, Andrew, you're never going to get any of that. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> still with the carpenter. Well, and then even worse, he's just like, worth a shot. I feel like Spencer's not even offended. She's like, I'm basically using you. So if you're going to do that occasionally, I can't really mind. Yeah, I, I get. I mean, you know, she did show him her side boob. And she's like, let's just get the mulch out there, okay? Because every minute those plant roots are exposed, my mom gets another gray hair. And Andrew's like, shouldn't your mom be less worried about what's going into the ground than what came out of it? A little bit of a dick, <laughs> dick comment. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess it's not so shocking. Well, he just got shut guy, down, so. From the guy who just, like, thought it would be okay to, like, to proposition her there. Yeah, I guess... It's, it's well, I mean, from his perspective, he's like, okay, so you invited me over to do all this yard work. Uh, make out? No? Yeah. Well, I think Spencer, you know, conversely to the conversation we just had, I think Spencer is aware, though, of Andrew's feelings. Oh, And totally. knows that she's taking advantage of it. It's not like she's completely oblivious, like perhaps. 100%. 100%, yeah. No, but Spencer, you know, she's... Spencer's That's dealing, all part of the game to Spencer. Spencer's dealing with a lot of her own stuff under the ish, under the surface. And she's like, well, she is worried, really worried. I think her freaking out about Azalea's just displaced fear. And she called a security company yesterday asking about a $10,000 alarm system. And last night she slept downstairs in a chair. And I just can't figure out if she's more afraid of what's lurking outside of the house or inside. And Andrew's just like, um. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, it's like Spencer realizes she's been, she's been babbling a little too much. And he's like, nothing. There's the mulch. Uh, and so she walks over and then like stops with the gas because they're on the floor. Uh, right on the floor of the shed, knocked over a bucket of pellets and like a dead opossum. And Andrew's like, "What's up?" And Spencer's like, "I ugh." And Andrew sees it and he's like, "Spence, don't get too close. Sometimes they think they're in danger. They play dead." Hmm. Meta statement. Meta. And he reaches down. Spencer's like, "Wait!" But Andrew, he he doesn't grab the opossum. He just grabs the uh, knocked over bucket and picks it up. And we see it's rodenticide. Kills rats and mice. Andrew's like, "Ah, oh, poor thing." poisoned spencer's like what she checks the bucket and she's like that's so weird we've never had a rat problem meta mm-hmm. i don't think we've ever had a rat mm-hmm. andrew kind of rolls the bucket over and there's a receipt stuck to the other side and he's like well this is bought last week maybe it's a new problem so he's like hmm. yeah the receipts from bowls hardware which is where wayne fields hangs out on the regular mm-hmm. spencer's uh, just like oh boy more stuff to be paranoid about yeah, thanks, Andrew. Uh, so after the commercial, we're on Main Street Rosewood. We see that Paige, Emily, Sydney are uh, getting a, a slice of pizza each outside that pizza place, uh, the one where Ari and Wes were accosted by the husband of Wes's teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, basically, it's a Eddie's scene. Pizzeria. Yeah. yeah, the three of them. Isn't it something and Eddie's Pizzeria? Yeah, I, I think we've seen. Yeah, I, I can't quite. I know we've, we've the, named it yeah. before. Um, Emily's basically chastising Paige's love of mixing ranch and buffalo. Uh, Emily's tried it before after Anna Norbrook's party, and that did not go so well. So well, then they say just like friendly banter, you know. Sydney will eat anything except for spray cheese. 
Yeah, and Paige is, Paige is like, oh, that did not turn out so good. And Emily's like, no, it didn't. They're, they're laughing. It's girl time. But you can kind of tell Paige is still, there's a yearning there. Yeah. Uh, but then Paige looks up, and her smile fades. Because sitting nearby at another table, it's Mona Vanderwall watching. Amazing. And Paige has just like gone quiet because Mona, Mona Vanderwall, she sees all. Janelle Parrish is so fucking good in this show. Yeah, I know. Like, man, God, she's good. Well, she's good. And and everything about season five is better. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting for the most part. There are some things that season five progresses where people, you know, started to complain about. But it's like where the show really takes this turn into darker territory. I, it didn't alienate the fans like it might on other shows. Yeah. Yeah. You know? that. Um, but it's like they, they, they not only are all the actors amazing, um, even the characters we don't like, mm-hmm. the actors are really good. I mean, I think if you listen to a lot of our complaints, uh, it's the type of person they're playing, but the actor themselves is really good about well, playing is, that. This is really shallow, but like, Whatever they're doing with Paige's hair this year, it's making me like her character more. It's, like, and it's partly her character is like much more like confident than she used to be too. But like, I don't know. Like, it's finally Paige feels like Paige this season. Well, it, it I think Paige has always been an awkward person, and part of it, I think, I'm getting over the course of the show, it was based on her being much more closeted you know than, mm. than emily like much more on top of her shoulders dealing with who she really is and, and the expectations put upon her uh, and and because he seemingly you saw her and how the team reacted to her yeah prior yeah. to her coming yeah they didn't even thing. like her but it seemingly it, it's not just her dating emily it's that when she was able to finally come out of the closet and let some of that tension go people started to actually like the real her but yeah like she's becoming somebody more at peace of herself well somebody, she she needed to break up with emily Oh, pa- Paige, a, yeah. like, like that was like a necessary step for her to like, kind of like you know, blossom into like her own identity is like to not just be pining away after Emily this whole time. Yeah, and and you want if you're listening, that's really I think, joking aside, at the core of our dislike of Paige. There are a couple of moments where I've just generally disliked Paige, but way at the same time I think I would give shit to you know characters that we absolutely love like Arya or Spencer. But yeah, like from this point on. Paige is starting to, I don't know, become somebody I like a lot more because she's finally mm-hmm. becoming her own person and not just somebody who's goo goo gaga over Emily. And Emily is just stringing her along. I mean, and again, well, the, I also found like, those scenes kind of uncomfortable just because it was like Paige just wants it so much more, and, it, yeah, it's, and it's, you're just like, ah, oh, this is painful, you know. Well, and you just look at this this lovey-dovey couple that other people are writing, you know, they sailed off to the sunset fanfic about. And I'm just seeing this is a couple that's not going to last and it's going to end yeah. horribly bad. But this is why I think we, we talk about how we loved Emily with Samara because Samara gave her shit mm-hmm. and called her out on her shit. Well, I mean, it's it's the old cliche, you know, if you love something, set it free. Like, like Paige needed to, to break apart from Emily and like be herself. Well, and, and like, if they if they come back together, I don't want to see Paige fall back into these patterns. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, my original point was that it, the writers not only they they know these actors, they know these characters, they use them so perfectly. Like just Mona. Well, and one of the here, interesting no dialogue in this scene. Yeah, one of the interesting things about this episode is so much of it is, is communicated non-verbally, which you normally don't get on TV. Usually right. TV, they know they have like kind of a, an audience that might be distracted and they're going to spell everything out. But 
Like the this whole scene, like the dialogue is all superfluous. You know, it's Ooh. just like, oh, fun fun girl time. But what's really happening is like suddenly Paige goes cold because Mona's watching her and no nothing is mentioned cool. of that. You just have to be paying attention. And all that all that Mona uh represents, mm-hmm. Paige realizes she can't just laugh it away and have jokey fun time with Emily because that very real all of those issues that Mona represents are still there under the surface. But this episode, more than any episode of season five so far, like I would think as actors, they would have to have gone and talked to the writers and the producers separate from the script. Yeah, I wonder what was in the script, if it like more about, you know, motivation. And I mean, yeah, I was some of these scenes of Allison. I would love to know what the the scene description actually was, you know, like, did she just get emotional? Is that what it says? I mean, I think that they have to tell her a little more. And and speaking of Allie and, and now to get really dark. Yeah. Let's uh, cut to the hospital. Allie's in a uh, medical gown in a doctor's office. Uh, she's sitting on the little bed thing there. The doctor has a stethoscope on her back, and he's saying, take a deep breath for me. And another. Hannah is, like, in a chair nearby, just moral support. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, good. You have quite powerful youngs, young lady. Which, ha- it's a nice bit of continuity there, and I kind of wonder if that's going to come up again. Mm. You know, it's, it's almost a Chekhov's gun. We've already seen it in use once like that's how Allie survived being buried alive right wonder if we'll bring that up again uh so the doctor he drops a stethoscope and he kind of reaches for Allie's head he's like now if you'll tilt your head so i can take a look at the place where you're injured mm-hmm. and he's kind of like probing the spot on the back of her head and Allie's wincing and i think i think you could say this is more proof that Allie wasn't lying like she really did get bashed over the head right uh yeah i mean i i not this scene but part of this i had some questions initially but yeah he he tells her he wants her to come back in for an x-ray. The scar tissue might have trapped particles from whatever caused the wound. She looks, you know, pretty upset, pretty emotionally beat down. Um, I would say there's a definitely a shade of, you know, humiliation that comes with this medical examination. I mean, you have to get well, half, yeah. half naked as a stranger, a male stranger, like, probes your body um, and questions your very being. So Emily's bedroom, we see Emily's folding clothes. Um She's sitting there with Aria, who's on the bed drinking coffee, and Spencer's over on the couch, kind of removed from them. Uh, Emily says, we were laughing and joking, and then out of nowhere, she just totally shuts down. And Aria asks, you know, maybe Paige is just scared of getting close and then getting rejected again. And Emily, Aria's, Aria's maybe a little more perceptive than uh, we give her credit for in this scene. Well, Emily taking on the Aria role mm-hmm. is like, I don't know if it's that. Aria just kind of, she has like a little smirk. She's just like, mm. Uh, by the way, Arya's wearing like snakeskin pants. I wrote like, down it's Arya, a horror show. Arya's wearing like snakeskin almost everything. It's like if a bunch of snakes were halfway through digesting Beetlejuice. That's her outfit. But, but right somehow now. like navy and white horizontal stripes on the shirt. Yeah, just to to mix it up. So she makes that face, and Emily's like, "What?" And Arya's like, "Nothing." And Emily's like, "No, say it." And Arya says, "Well, I just can't help but notice that you've been kind of MIA about Allie." And Spencer chimes in then with. Well, so have you. And Arya's like, yeah, I... Well, that's why I've noticed. We'll get and we'll to, me get in a to that in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to me in a second. I, and I haven't seen you making any frequent trips over there either, by the way. And Spencer's like... Which is a good point, because Hannah's the only one who's even, like, hanging with her. Well, and Spencer's like... Well, and Hannah's dealing with her own issues with that alone. But Spencer's like, her mom was found buried in my backyard. <laughs> and Emily's like, wait, can we back up a second? What are you saying again? You're saying that I'm scared to get close to Ali again? And Judgy Arya is like, well, do you still have feelings for her? And Emily says that she doesn't know. She really doesn't know. But she... well, Spencer and Arya both just kind of look at Emily now, like, mm. mm-hmm. 
uh, Emily has to marvel how crazy this all is that they wanted this for so long, a life without A and to have Allison back. Um, and Emily thought that it would feel like it did before, but it doesn't. It doesn't. And Ari says, M, after what happened to Nate, did you like find yourself wanting to know everything about him? And Emily kind of ponders and nods and she says, I received the package from Nate's mom. I was kind of obsessed with it. I kept thinking what it must have felt like for her to write my name, the person who had taken her son away. And Spencer is just sitting over in the corner now, like clearly jealous that she hasn't gotten to murder anyone yet. Oh, I mean, I literally have written my notes. I'm not even joking you. It's kind of amazing that five seasons of this show, Spencer still hasn't murdered somebody. Yeah. I'm not joking. This is like, it's the last line of my notes for this scene. Spencer's like, oh, I'm left out. And he says, and I, and I studied the printing, kept imagining all the places where I felt her hands might might have shaken, which is like, man, that's dark. <laughs> oh, but Arya's loving it. She finds it. Arya's just like fascinating. Go Arya on. wants to take Emily's story and like stir it into her coffee and drink it. <laughs> well, that's a really interesting detail to think about. Like, you know, I killed your son. You wrote my name. Like, did your handshake? Yeah. Oh, it's dark. It's it's heavy. It's yeah. a it's a great little mini monologue for Emily to deliver too. Um, so close up on Allison and her incredibly blue and enigmatic eye. Previously on Lost. Exactly. Um, with the amazing healing powers of the island that granted her. The doctor says, you know. Well, he's shining a pen light in her eye. Yeah, he says good. He has Allison lay back on the table. This is one of those, the way they shoot it, where you're going to have to presume for a moment there. He's examining her hoo-ha. Well, yeah, he says, can you please lay back? And she lies back. And Hannah's just kind of silently looking on and. The way it's framed, like we see him kind of reach forward. We don't really like it's very quick. But I mean, I I think we're implying here he's basically checking for signs of rape right now. Well, I mean, and the same was that that thing whenever somebody talks about I don't know penile injuries or whatever, and like all the guys in the room like cross their legs. I think a lot of guys watching this, that there are other bros who watch Pillow too, are just like so thankful they didn't use the word stirrups, you know, because we're so. Especially feeling the ickiness of the... Uh, I, I don't know, it's not icky. I just, I don't know, I, I feel like if you're a, a woman watching this, you you kind of just know what's happening here. Well, I think, it, I think, hopefully, anyone watching it kind yeah. of, unfortunately, knows. Yeah, so the doctor says, you can sit back up. I need you to scoot down to the edge of the table so I can take a better look at this. There's no mention of this injury in the police report. And Ali says, I didn't mention it because I didn't think it was important. And uh, Hannah looks on, she's like revulsed. When you see Allie, like high up on her inner thigh, has like this jagged, nasty scar, like in her inner thigh. Like this large, old gash. Yeah, yeah it's like alarming to see. And Doctor's like, it's a, it's a significant injury. How is it sustained? Allie doesn't really say anything. And he's like, Doctor's like, how did you get hurt? And Allie, it's like she's like searching for her voice, and she says, "I, uh, I cut it on a rock when I jumped out of the car." And she's like choking on those words, and Hannah kind of looks away, like almost like she doesn't want to be in this moment, but she also doesn't want to be in this moment if she knows Allison is lying. Like, and whatever it's like this, what what really happened? Well, whatever this very serious thing is, like Allison can't tell the truth about it, and Hannah unfortunately has to know that it's a lie. Mm-hmm. And Doctor says, "You're saying this was from a month ago? Are you sure?" The scarring is more consistent with a slice rather than a puncture, like from the blade of a knife or an alley's like, I cut it on a rock. Maybe there's some metal on it or something. I don't know. I mean, it all happened so fast. I, I didn't feel it. I didn't even know I was hurt until I looked down and I saw the blood. 
How was I supposed to remember? I was blindfolded when it happened. Didn't the police tell you that on the reports? And the doctor just kind of sighs. It, like it's a little bit of a knowing sigh, you know, and Hannah leans in. She's like, are we done here? And the doctor says, I still need the nurse to do your blood work. And we also have to set up time for you to see a trauma counselor. So the doctor leaves and Hannah is looking at Allie, like very worried. And Allie, it just seems like very upset, but it's like she can't, she can't say anything. You know, right. it's like she's totally shut down. Well, I mean, it's, it's even more humiliating too. I mean, Hannah's supposed to be there for moral support, but at the same time, all this has to happen in front of her, and that's kind yeah. of embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we cut to the Hastings living room, where Veronica's sitting on the couch, like staring at a bunch of paperwork laid out on the coffee table in front of her. She appears to be in a day. Spencer comes in, sees her. Spencer says hi, asks Veronica what she was thinking about. Veronica just looks straight up exhausted, like she hasn't slept in two days. Yeah, like she's, yeah she's been up for like three days. Uh, Veronica says nothing. Um, she asks where Andrew. Uh, I just wonder how they do that, like... Is that just like, like they're like, is Leslie Ferrer that much of a master of acting or is there certain makeup they do? Cause she really does look like, like she can't keep her eyes open. No, uh, I would say it's probably a little bit of both. I, I'm sure it's yeah. a makeup quotient for like, like lighting and how it catches your face. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I bet she just doesn't, you know, open her eyes wide or anything or it's, a, I mean, it's effective. She really does seem like kind of out of it. And Spencer's like, hi. And Veronica's like, oh. Hi, you know. Yeah. Spencer's like, what were you just thinking about? She says, nothing. Where's Andrew? Spencer says, uh, he went home to change. He's going to be back. She's going to make him dinner as a thank you. Which, oh, poor Andrew. He's like, yeah, great. I guess I'll have dinner as a thank you. That's what I wanted. (laughs) Fucking carpenter. (laughs) No, Andrew, Andrew has that scene from uh, 500 Days of Summer. Like there's expectation versus reality. Exactly. I think that's like my second favorite scene in that movie. What was your first favorite scene? Uh, Where he comes outside and sees his reflection. He's Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. That's like the most perfect expression of uh, you know triumph a man could ever have. Indeed. And then has a musical number. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, she's, you know, Veronica says, that's good. You know, Andrew does such a good job at the yard. And Spencer says, Mom, why won't you talk to me? Do you not trust me? <laughs> oh, Spencer. Veronica's like, it isn't about trust. And Spencer's like, why won't you tell me what's going on? Please, Mom, I don't want to be alone in this. And Veronica's like, well, I don't want to be either. Ever since they found Jessica, I've had this sick feeling in my stomach and it won't go away. A couple of days after Allie went missing, Jessica came to the house and she was convinced that you had done something to Allie. And Spencer's like, she said that, but she never went to the cops. And Veronica's like, well, if she did, your father said he was going to tell Ken all about the affair, destroy her marriage. So they stayed, <laughs> they stayed, she stayed quiet. But oh, that's now, just sick and twisted. Yeah. But now it's, it's so perfectly Peter Hastings, you know, but now that Ken was divorcing her and Allie was still alive or was alive, what's preventing her from going to police and telling everyone what she saw? Spencer's well, like, like, exactly what she just said. Allie was alive. And Veronica says, but there's still a girl in the grave who isn't. Someone killed her. And Jessica was going to say that it was you. I don't know. I don't know if your father had anything to do with this. I want to believe that he didn't. It's like Spencer is just like, it's like more guilt. Like she can never escape this guilt that she might have done something horrible. Like she thought she was clear when Allie said, you didn't attack me. But well, there's, it's, there's it's, still, like, who's in the box? It's twofold now, though. So there's this, you know, poor dead girl in, in the box. Who's in the box that I mean, Melissa really hoped was Allison. Um and Spencer could have done something to her. But there's also, like, right now, which, what Veronica's saying is that 
Spencer probably thinks that she didn't do it, but but Peter might have gone and killed somebody else <laughs> on Spencer's behalf, and now Spencer has that guilt because it's almost as if she killed Jessica De Laurentiis, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the medical office again, Allison's like standing up. She's dressed now. She's like signing something on a clipboard for a nurse. She Hannah's standing there waiting for her. Uh, she t- Allison finishes, gives the nurse. Nurse leaves. Hannah asks if she's all right, and Allison quietly says, "Yeah." Hannah offers a drive to Longbrook tonight to get food from that Chinese restaurant that Allison likes. And Allison just kind of half smiles, reaches into her bag, and pulls out a mini tape recorder. Like a little and, digital audio recorder. And Hannah's like, well, what's that? And Allison says, can you take this? Make each of the girls a copy. They need to memorize it. And Hannah's like, you recorded that? Of course you did. Allie is a step ahead of the game. She says, Hannah, yeah. people have been asking a lot of questions. We need to keep our story straight. Hannah's like, Allie, I was here the whole time. And Allie's like, no, you weren't. I was in this office for like a half hour answering questions before the exam even started. And Hannah's like, well, even so, I mean, who's going to ask you questions about that? And Ali says, somebody will. Somebody always does. And if it's not Holbrook, it's going to be someone else. Look, if they think I'm lying about this, it's not going to be long before that we're all answering questions about New York. And Hannah gives Ali this like very long look, reluctantly takes a recorder. Like she's not happy about this. Yeah. And Hannah says, Ali, where did that scar come from? Well, also, Allison, I'm pretty sure people already think you're lying about all of this. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, Allie, where did that scar come from? The one on your thigh. I know it's not from you being blindfolded and jumping out of a car. So how'd you get it? And Allie just horrifyingly says, I wish I was blindfolded when I got that scar. And it's like, did, did someone do that to you? Did you do it to yourself? And Allie says, Hannah, once you know something, you can't unknow it. Believe me, I wish I could. I would love. Like, Holy it. shit! Like, what the yeah. fuck? Well, this is falling right after Peter Hastings straight up told his daughter, "You can't lie about something you don't know anything about." Well, it's like once he knows something, he can't unknow it. I wish I could. It's like, oh my god! Like, what the hell happened to you, yeah. Allie? Like, it and it's your own imagination is is thinking up you know worse things than Allie could ever tell you. Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Well, the look on her face too before she even says that to Hannah, it's like is she is she really dealing with some past pain, some horrible unspeakable past pain, or is she summoning up whatever she needs to sell a new lie to Hannah? Oh yeah, because because wouldn't that be the best kind of lie where you don't say it, you let the other person just imagine the worst? Right, right. Uh, and the thing about Ashley Benson on the show is that she's always so fucking good, but she gets to be so good this season in such a different and more quietly dynamic way yeah so um, then we uh cut to spencer's room she's on her laptop she's a uh, website paging for rodenticide which like big this- wikipedia yeah it's like she learns that it's fatal to humans duh you know mm-hmm. uh, her phone beeps she's got a text from Allie. it says need to speak to you call me spencer just looks more concerned no right now allison's the last person spencer wants to talk to yeah, so cut to Rosewood Streets at night. Pages. Oh, also, real quick, uh, rodenticide is odorless, tasteless, and of course, fatal. Yeah. Yeah. Dissolves instantly in water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosewood Streets at night. Paige is walking alone. She gets her car and puts something in the passenger side. And when she shuts the door, suddenly, like, Mona Wanderwall is like right there, scaring Mona the shit out of, out of nowhere. Her. Yeah. And Mona's like, 
sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. And it's like, oh, Mona, you clearly did. I love you. So, so like, after, like, the whole A-game retired, when uh, Mona, like, you know, bought Jenna's car, and mm-hmm. there's a whole, like, B&B thing mid-season last season, yeah. I feel like Mona was just, like, quietly retreating into the force and, like, learning how to teleport places. Mm-hmm. She can apparate now. Yeah. Um, Paige is like, why are you here? We have nothing to talk about. Mona says, I disagree. Paige says, my answer is still no. So presumably this is all about the the army that Mona's building. Well, and it's funny to watch Mona. She gets tough. Like She's got the A, the A voice on. She's trying mm-hmm. to get tough with Paige here. And the reason it's so impre- especially funny to me is because Lindsay Shaw is like a foot and a half taller <laughs> than Janelle Parrish. And yet Mona is so intimidating. She says, I heard Allie's dad wants to take her away from Rosewood. He spoke to the school about it. Allie doesn't want to go, but maybe we can change her mind. Paige says, I'd be lying if I if I say I didn't want to see that happen, Mona, but I'm not going to make it happen. And Mona says, fine, I won't twist your arm. But just so we're clear, you don't get to be some sort of social Switzerland here. If you're not with me, you're against me. Paige's like, I'm not with anyone. And Mona's like, sure you are. At least you want to be. And Emily's with Allie. Killer line. Yeah, and Mona just drops the mic, walks off, and Paige's like, Mona, I'm just curious. Do you ever wonder when you became the very thing you're afraid of? Hmm. I want a moment to just be like, if you can become more than a woman, you become a legend. You know, that's probably how you would have taken the scene. The Based on the look on Mona's face as she looks at Paige before she walks off again, I just expected her to like put up one hand like a bolt of lightning. She's going <laughs> to shoot out of it. Um, let's go to Arya's bedroom. Arya's well, it's like, like Mona, Mona had to become a monster to, to fight a monster. Of course we all become monsters in the end um so we cut to Ari's bedroom where she's sitting on her bed in the dark in the dark watching <laughs> Shauna's... just watching that video from Shauna's funeral over and over and over and over again well, the, just going crazy as you do nice editing frenzy as she succumbs to this obsession more and more mm-hmm. oh it's wonderful oh it's good in allison's house <laughs> well i have to wonder like couldn't this be used as evidence they're like Weirdly enough, this website page got like way too many views coming from one address. Right. That seems right. suspicious considering the victim was murdered, you know? Yeah. This is spec file play. So I would think they would be hitting up you know, <laughs> all of the clues they could get. Um, let's go to Allison's house. She's sitting in a chair in the living room doing some laptoping. She's going through a website page devoted to her. It's like the, uh, I don't know, like I hate Allison De Laurentiis uh, Tumblr page or whatever. Well, no, I think it's, um, I think it's just like a page about Allison because some yeah, of the is. some of the comments are like, "Oh, I miss you, Allison." But then others, like one of them, says, "That bitch was one nasty piece of work. No wonder somebody murdered her. Did us all a big favor." Well, there's one post that has a picture from the memorial bench from season one, the one that Lucas destroyed. Mm-hmm. There's one that has a picture of a pile of skulls, <laughs> and the caption is, "Welcome to hell, Allison." So perfect for her. I can see her crunching on a pile of bones and skulls. You will forever not be missed. And Allie's just, like, scrolling through, like, this and other gems. And Spencer enters, and she's like, hey, what's going on? And Allie doesn't respond. Spencer comes over and kind of sees what she's looking at. She's like, what is this? And we see, like, a one particularly mean uh, image of, like, dead flowers and, like, kind of photoshopped evil Allie. Mm-hmm. And the caption says, a present for you on your death day. We are celebrating life without you. Spencer grabs the laptop and takes it away. Just, Allie, no, don't. Don't look at that. Which, like, Allie's just, like, soaking in the hatred. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's they, nice to know that Mona's army has, like, an IT squad there. I mean, 
Well, I mean, that would be interesting to come back from the dead and like, you know, go check your Facebook page. Well, and just, it's like, oh, I wonder what people are saying about me. Oh, just, a lot of people seem to hate me. <laughs> just in general, though, like to go to your own funeral. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Spencer like pulls that laptop away from tells her not to look at that. Uh, and again, uh, she just has Allison just has like that sheen of like tears permanently hanging over her eyes as she's like just looked into what people actually really think of her. Mm-hmm. And Allison's like, so maybe I should leave. It was stupid to think that I could start a new life just by coming back from the dead. So Spencer sits, you know, beside her and asks if that's what her text was about. Is Allison thinking about not staying here? Allison says no. She says that uh, they got the talk screen back from the corner. So Spencer's trying to play it cool. She says, uh, oh, you did? What did it say? Mm-hmm. And Allison says, someone messed up her pills. She had low blood pressure. They found Losartan in her system, which is for the opposite problem. It stopped her heart. So Spencer processes this. I mean, well, she's, she, she like gasps. Been, well, she's been so checked out of this episode in a lot of ways. Like she has just a heavy moment here. It's like just these breaths all just kind of coming out of her body. Um, Allison picks up on it and she's just like, Spencer, what, what's wrong? What, what just happened? And then Allison. Well, well Spencer's yes. just like hyperventilating. Yeah, but in a much in a much quieter way than Spencer usually hyperventilates. Um, yeah. And Allison's like, finally, she she narrows it down. She says, did you think your dad did it? Spencer can't even speak. She barely manages a nod. And Allie kind of has this kind of like, you know, gallows humor smile. And she's like, it's hard, isn't it? Thinking that your parent could be capable of something like that. And Spencer just looks like so terrified. Mm-hmm. And Allie says, I know. I keep trying to find a good enough reason that my mom could just watch someone kill me and let them walk away. And Spencer's like, it's just, there've been monsters under my bed for so long. And now that they're not there anymore, I feel like I have to create them, which is like, wow, that that's fucking bleak. And then Allie says, there's still monsters out there, Spence. They just, uh, they just, they might not be under our beds. I want to just be like even darker. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, because that's that's where Allison's storyline and like what's being inferred is really coming from. But mm-hmm. I want Spencer to be like, that's not helping, but thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um Well Spencer's but, just like she's crying, like, and it, you really think like these two need to hug it out. Oh yeah. You know? Because they still haven't. No, they haven't. And they may not for a long, long time. Um but Spencer, like I think we talked about in the, the season finale of season four, like, she seems really hardwired to find ways to feel guilty. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, cause I don't think she's trying to create, maybe monsters. there's a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we, she's, she's always felt guilty about something that happened that night. Mm. So Fitz palace. Yeah. Cut to the hallway outside apartment three B. Uh, the door opens. It's Ezra. He's like, Hey, Arya just rushes in past them. Well, of tiny of course it's Arya here to see Ezra. Tiny ball of nervous energy. Arya just, walks in like she owns a place. Yeah. She's like, hi, sorry. It was really stupid of me not to call. He says it's okay, asks if everything's all right, tells her to go ahead and sit down. So she sits. He sits in the chair across from her. Arya's like, I can't stop thinking about Shauna's family. Every time I close my eyes, all I can see is her grandmother. Just how destroyed, how empty she looked at her funeral. And how good that made Arya feel inside. Exactly. And Ezra's like, how do you know what she looked like at the funeral? And Arya's like, because I watched it online. Many, many times. times. <laughs> Ezra's like, Arya... You're just going to have to find a way to forgive yourself. She like chews her lip as she ponders that. Yeah. So uh, then cut to Paige is like out on Emily's porch waiting for her. Emily opens the door. What does Paige's necklace say? Can you tell? Uh, Let me see if I can get an angle on it. Does it say anything? I don't even see. It looks like it's words to me, but I couldn't make them out. 
Mm, I might yeah. be wrong. Um, yeah, I don't even know. But anyway, Emily comes out and she's like, hey, do you want to come inside? And Paige says she can't stay long. And Emily's like, well, what's wrong? Paige says, I think if Allison comes back to school, you should keep your distance. Which is like, man, that's not a great way to lead off this page. Like, no. And Emily's like, maybe it wasn't a good idea for us to hang out today. Which is just yeah. like, ouch. Yeah. And Paige says, it has nothing to do with SM. People are preparing for Allie's return. And it's not with flowers and welcome home banners. It's like, Paige, why didn't you leave off with lead off with that? You know? Like, yeah. Because you totally made it sound like like weird and well, like it, not what you were really talking about. Well, because it sounded like old Paige, who was very yeah. controlling. When she wasn't like adoring. She was controlling. Yeah. Because that's how she kept the, the adornment. Um, Paige turns to leave and Emily's like, what are you saying? And Paige says, I'm saying your friends hurt a lot of people, me included. And I'm not interested in continuing that, but I'm also not going to out the people who feel like they need to protect themselves. Which is like, that's some kind of like some Weasley shit there, Paige. Like, if, if you're coming this far to tell Emily, why not just tell her? Uh, like, do you really owe anything to Mona here? I think she's trying to honestly protect people like Cindy and Mindy and even DJ Lucas, you know, like I feel like she could just be like, look, Mona's got it out for Allie. And like, I don't feel like she'd be betraying any real trust there. You know, uh, it's I, I don't think her issues with Mona. She should say something yeah. about Mona. I think you're right. I well, just, I, all she'd have to do is mention Mona and Emily just be like, OK, you know, like I, but I think what she's getting at is you have people like Lucas and Cindy and Mindy and yeah, the yeah. others or Les and whoever all the other the terrible nicknames whore. were. Yeah, yeah whore. Um, but they're obviously just as hurt by Allison as Paige is. But Paige might be strong enough to realize that they're being controlled by Mona. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Because Paige can stand away from it. Um, so Emily, basically, Paige just like takes off now. Well, and Emily like, keeps trying to follow her to get her to well, stop. She's like, and talk. okay, Paige, wait. And Paige just keeps walking, which it, it feels like that's progress. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Emily's like, Paige. And Paige just walks off. It's like, that's what Emily needed is to like not have the final final say over things, you know? Well, and to see that yeah, she can't just control Paige. Paige won't jump at her every command. So. Uh, then Emily hears a rustle in the trees nearby because Emily always hears rustles in the trees or the sounds <laughs> of branches snapping around her. She looks over and one of the bushes on her yard moves like someone was just there. And so she kind of rushes back inside and shuts the door. Well, it's like even though A is supposedly dead, she's still getting a little concerned here. Yeah, uh, rightfully so. Um, mm-hmm. After the commercial, we're in this large multi-story mall, which I would assume it's is the Rosewood Mall. You think it's the Rosewood Mall? I don't know. Like This is definitely not the mall from the pilot. Who knows where that mall even was? Vancouver? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We see Hannah's in a dressing room looking at herself. It's like a mirror. super fancy dressing room. Yeah, it's a huge dressing room for starters. Uh, she has on a floral skirt and a red velvet top. There is just a slew of clothes littered about this ginormous dressing room. It looks like a hurricane of retail therapy is not making Hannah feel better. Yeah. She's, and she's got on a uh, like a crushed velvet top that not even Aria would wear. Yeah. And then my notes just say, well... Maybe. Uh, and she's making a lot of Hannah face. She's sighing. Like, she's not happy with her reflection. Yeah. Um, so we cut back to Ezra's place where Ari's on the phone. Uh, she's facing us, and the door is in the background. And she's like, oh, I'm just a friend. I wasn't able to send flowers. So I was wondering if I could donate to the cost of the service. In the background, Ezra comes in. He's brought back uh, takeout, which I think is funny. The guy recovering from the gunshot wound had to walk down to get the food. Well, naturally. Um, so the lady on the phone says that, you know, Shauna's grandmother has been a member of the con, con- congregation. Con game? 
congregation. I have conjuration. My notes for some reason. Congregation. The con game. The con game for a long time. And she's sure that she'd want to thank her. And Arya's like, oh, no, no, no. I'd really rather the donation be anonymous. Um, is it possible to send cash? So Ezra's like, <laughs> listening to this, he sets the food down. He's what like, are you doing? So Arya turns and sees him there. And the lady you the know it's a says, bad sign when Ezra's like the voice of reason. Yeah, exactly. The lady on the phone says that they, they can't accept cash, but she supposes that Arya could just send the money directly to Shauna's grandmother. And Ezra's like, Arya? So Arya like, looks at him and then she hangs up. Because now they know who called Ezra. <laughs> Arya's constantly just hanging up on people and she doesn't like get the response she wants. Also, I'm pretty sure we've heard that woman's voice on the phone before. Like she voices all the female receptionists on phone calls or whatever. Could be, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it could be like, you know, one of the writers or, oh, he, or something. This time she tries to do a southern accent. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sean's grandma. <laughs> um, so Ezra's like, that's not trying to find a way to forgive yourself. That's hoping they forgive you. And Arya's like, well, it was anonymous. And Ezra's like, I'm talking about the intention behind it. And even if they did forgive you, it's not like they do it because of a donation. Sad Arya face. So she meekly says that he's right. She collapses on the couch and hugs a pillow. He sits on the other end of the couch. Uh, also, I just want to point out, Ezra's not about making amends. He's really just about alleviating his own guilt. Oh, Ezra's about to just pull some, like, Yoda-class Jedi mind tricks here. Ezra's he says, not a bad guy, Benji. <laughs> he's just too romantic for his own good he says i know this isn't easy and i can say this to you because it's <laughs> what i have to tell myself every night and already kind of perks up like really you're going there and he says once he found out about the book the only thing i could think of was how to make it up to you and i would have done anything to get you to forgive me but i realized that that might not ever happen and i had to be okay with that lol i mean like wow like this is like amazing emotional manipulation here. Arya like has no idea how to process this. Right. She's like, you somehow like made me like you put me in the same category as you. So yeah. like you're empathizing with me as being a bad person. Yeah. Like, basically. What the fuck is going on? Uh, but you were right. Ian Harding does weird pauses throughout his dialogue. It's almost mm -hmm. Shatner esque. Um, he then reaches for to get the checkers board out, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "We're playing checkers." And she's like, "We are." And he says, mm-hmm, and we get sick of that, we're going to play chess. And Arya just has kind of like this weak, grateful smile on her face. Like, well, because mm. he's, he's, you know, now that she, now that he's informed her that she's down on his level. Yeah, I know. At least Arya's like, I'm so confused. Her. He's willing to spend time with a monster like her. Uh, so come back to Hannah in the dressing room. She's looking around at the piles of clothes everywhere. Also, there's an Eiffel Tower on the wall in the dressing room there. Uh, we can see the the. Feet. Well, it's like he just back to Arya and Ezra here. It's like he suggested that Arya being forgiven for killing Shauna would be the same thing as her forgiving him for spying on her for those two years. Yeah, and like their whole relationship being a lie. Yeah. So Arya, if you want to feel better about yourself, you kind of have to forgive me. Hmm. Oh, smooth Ezra, very smooth. Yeah, back to hand in the changing room. She's just like, she's still in that velvet top. She's not satisfied. Uh, there's like a clerk outside the door. It's like, how's it going? Do you find anything that works? And Hannah's just like, no, no, nothing, nothing worked. And you see the clerk, like, we can kind of see there's like a gap at the bottom where you see the, like the, the shoes. So the clerk leaves. Uh, but then like another pair of shoes walks up, like black boots. Mm. And Hannah kind of watches nervously. And it, there's like the weird noises, like maybe they're trying to get in. Yeah. Like sounds of like a, like a, I don't know, like a small chain, like rattling or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but then Hannah's phone rings 
and the the boots like walk away like this is a interesting it's like who is that well like the girls are so programmed to pick up on these things like their paranoia is kicked in so strongly now that that they're looking for it everywhere yeah so hannah answers and says hey it's spencer spencer's like hey got your message about the recording and hannah's like can i come over and spencer says i'm confused i was with Allie, and she didn't even mention this Mm. my notes just say evil twin evil twin yeah everyone went crazy over that yeah that's weird Allie never even mentioned it and hannah's like she didn't maybe that's because she asked me to give out the copies Spencer's like, what's this for? Is this Allie's idea or yours? And Hannah says, hey, it's not just about Allie, it's well, about Arya but, too. But see, that's the root of Hannah's problem right there. Mm-hmm. What is this for? Is this your, Allie's idea of yours? Like, where does the one end and the imitation of the other begin? Oh, and it's like, it's Hannah's just the fucking messenger, as, as she'll say in a bit here. But I'm also suddenly reminded, I believe it was Hannah who had the copy of Lolita, right? Uh, That she took from Allie, yeah. Yeah, okay. And Spencer says, well, it's nuts, Hannah. Think it through. You're asking us to add on to lies we've already told. And Hannah says, well, just memorize it, Spencer, okay? I'm not going to argue with you on the f- about this on the phone. You know, if you want to yell at somebody, call Allie. I'm sick of being the messenger. And she hangs up. And then there's this, like, really cool overhead shot, like, looking straight down at Hannah as the camera kind of, like, swoops down. Hannah looks up, just, like, sighing. And she looks at herself in the mirror again. Then she looks down, rips the tag off this crushed velvet top. And then she puts her blouse on and tucks in her skirt. And it's like, that's shoplifting Hannah. She's back. Yeah. She, like, well, gets dressed to totally hide this top she's going to rip off. Yeah, she's kind of regressing. And in a way, the uh, the Dark Hannah saga has begun. Yeah. Um, she pulls on her coat. She has, like, one last shameful look at herself in the mirror before leaving. This well, is because, a- like, it's, I mean, she's trying to figure out who the fuck she is. Yeah, and so it's like, like she's gonna go back to her bad habits b- before, you know, before the, the alley, you know, left and all that. Like she's back to shoplifting again. Yeah, well, it's like some of the coping mechanisms she had dealing with mm-hmm. Allison's disappearance, her father leaving. Um, this is a bizarrely intriguing scene because it's just Ashley Benson. It's like the voice of others, sure, but physically, it's just Ashley Benson. I love mm-hmm. it. Like unlike other scenes, they don't cut to like Spencer on the phone. Yeah. You know, so I mean, you can make the argument that it's Spencer's evil twin or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, so it cuts Spencer's evil kitchen. Twin. Yeah. Spencer and Andrew have just finished their dinner and Spencer's clearing up the plates. Is uh, that is that wine in those glasses? They've got two glasses like of something dark reddish. It looks like it. I feel like Spencer's like, she's not shy about getting the wine out. She's like, look, I'm like 17, maybe. Peter comes in, sees, he's like, ha just not the good stuff. Stay out of my, uh, my haunted vineyard. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Peter wouldn't even Stay mind that. Stomach. Like I think I feel like Peter would be less concerned that she's using the good stuff, and more that like she might be using shitty wine. You know, she might be drinking good point. The shitty good stuff. Good point. No Hastings is going to have a bad palate as far as he's concerned. Yeah. Um. So Spencer won't let Andrew Two help. Buck, Chuck, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Spencer won't let Andrew help. Uh, he can tell something's going on, so he asks if she wants to talk about it. She says nothing. To talk about her friends just being an idiot. So of course she's cleaning a giant kitchen knife and cuts herself. This nice big, yeah, like big chef's knife. Yeah, big gash across the inside of her hand. And in, in my notes, I just, her palm. I just wrote, "I wonder if Benjamin Light got sexually aroused when he saw that wound." Maybe a little. Uh, Andrew like freaks out and runs over, and it like this guy, the guy who plays Andrew, he has a good like panicky face. Yeah, like he has like a great reaction to this as he runs over. Like they need to keep this guy around so he can find a body. That, that was my feeling when I was watching this. Like, interesting. 
Yeah. And Spencer, though, is a total badass. She just yeah. kind of like, she takes these like big, deep breaths. It's like she's mastering the pain. Right. And Andrew's like, do you want me to, uh, and Spencer's like, I'm fine. I'm, I shouldn't be, you know, I should not be cleaning knives while I'm angry. She puts the knife away and she walks over to her cabinet where there's like some medicine and probably looking for, I don't know, aspirin or something, but, or maybe like rubbing alcohol. Then she, she sees a bottle. She pulls it out. Maybe Norco. Yeah. Norco takes a look at it. It's a Peter Hastings pill bottle prescription for Lasartan for high blood pressure. Uh oh. It's like just when you thought your dad was in the clear, Spencer. Uh, I remember there's some interesting speculation online about this scene where people thought maybe Spencer subconsciously cut herself on purpose because mm. she needed to find those pills. Interesting. I mean, that's in the realm of headcanon. There's like no way to say one or the other, but that's an interesting thought. Yeah, it's from Coffin's Pharmacy. Um, the the actor who plays Andrew uh, is named Brandon W. Jones. Just side note, I just saw from Twitter that he was one of the people at the very recent PLL season five rap party. Oh, nice. Um, as he should be, because he was in the episode. <laughs> so, Fitz Palace. Uh, these two psychos are playing some cards now. Arya tosses down the eight of spades and says, Jin! Do you know how to play Jin? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just like Rami, but you have to go all out at once. Okay. Um, and Ezra is like, why are you so freakishly good at this? And it's like, because she's A, Ezra. And Ray says, I'm not. I think you're just freakishly bad. Again, because she's A. Yeah. And Ezra says, thanks. Did I mention I'm I'm recovering from a gunshot wound that might kind of affect my game, you know? It's like, uh, that is a weak-ass excuse, Ezra. You might as well have just said, oh, I wasn't even really trying. And then what he's saying is like, just FYI, I took that bullet for you. Just, just reminding you of that. She hands him the deck, and she's like, your turn to shuffle. And this is an interesting move by Ezra. Uh... He says, uh, you know, I may need to call it a night. Kind of starting to fade. And she's like, oh, okay. And she pauses and she's like, actually, would you mind if I stayed here? And as her perks up, then Arya immediately follows up with on the couch. And there's like so many emotions on Ezra's face. And he's well, like he's trying looking to at the couch. Yeah. his hope. Yeah. And Arya says, my dad is up in Harrisburg for Mike's lacrosse game. And I, I can't really face going home to an empty house couch or a house yeah sorry yeah and Ezra says yeah um you can use a blanket on the couch he stands up and he like grabs this like really ugly yellow t-shirt and he's like this is the one you liked right Mm -hmm. Uh, because presumably this is what Arya used to wear when she slept over and Arya kind of takes it hesitantly and she's like oh yeah thank you and Ezra's just like standing around like trying to act casual like picking up stuff from the game and Arya is just like watching him having this epiphany. And, you know, in my notes here, as I was watching this, I was like, man, they should really have had like Jesse's girl playing during the scene mm-hmm. because it, it really reminded me of the scene in Boogie Nights where uh, Ed is like lowest point. Mark Wahlberg has this like epiphany while listening to Jesse's girl playing about like he just needs to get the fuck out of where he is. The and only feel thing like- missing is is Arya doing, as I said, like that little that little smile he does. The, the weird laugh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Arya, like, it, this is another moment where they, they let the, the actors kind of sell it purely through expression. There's no dialogue here. You know, it's, it's, they're really counting on you to pay close attention. Right. You know, cause Arya is just like, she just stands there, like, staring and thinking. You, know, you can see the gears turning her head. And finally, she's just like, uh, you know what? I'm fine. I'm just going to go home. It's like she, 
she realized in that moment, you know what? I shouldn't stay the night. Like, that would be a bad idea. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting uh, scene parallel with what's going on with Emily and Paige, you know, and how yeah. these two people and, and these familiarity, these moments of familiarity interact with each other. But yeah, she has such complicated, conflicting feelings. She says goodnight. He says goodnight. Ezra's trying not to look well, she, too I love the line where she says, thanks for the games. Yeah. Yeah, Ezra's trying not to look too disappointed, but he definitely is. Uh, and she walks to the door and looks back, and there's this like wave of expression on her face as like, her eyes kind of narrow. It's like she's thinking, like, what almost just happened there? Right. Uh, and my notes just say, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? Who are you? What have you, we done to each other? What will we do? Uh, and, and by the way in case you wonder what this scene would look like set to jesse's girl in the style of uh, boogie nights you can find that on youtube uh i guess i should put it on our website page yeah probably um or uh, just go to my twitter i mean you can find it i think um, we we retweet. yeah i'll put it in the show notes yeah um but i don't know i i kind of wonder if like me and you are the only people who like or find that as amusing as we do uh, uh, both being huge fans of Boogie Nights. As we're recording this, Wendy on Twitter apparently enjoyed it as well. That's good to hear. Um, so, so thank you, Wendy. If you're a big um, fan of Boogie Nights, I, I don't know. To me, it's just hilarious to see Arya having that kind of epiphany. But yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wonder now that she's gone, Ezra like reaches over the couch cushion and pulls out one of his like NLP books or or whatever, and like reconsults in the chapter on like nagging, <laughs> uh, peacocking. Um, so. Well, it wasn't exactly a neg, but that was kind of like a reverse power move where he's just like, oh, you know, actually, I think I need to call it a night. You know, like he's he's not going to try to drag it out too long. He's going to force force a. Well, know, I don't I don't remember all the catchphrases from yeah. the little bit of reading I've done, it, but it's you you want to insult the person and then you want to create space between you and them so that they can then fill it. And once they seek you out, you have the power. Like you said, it's a reverse power move. But well, I think what what Ezra is doing is he's kind of like he, he's getting Arya to kind of like take a position. He's like, "Oh, I need to call the night," and then it's like either Arya's going to go or she's going to stay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like after Allison left and Ezra's like brutal honesty. It's all I got, and she said, "I hope it's enough," and she leaves. <laughs> and I'm, I imagine Elsa, or Ezra sitting in the darkened apartment, like fuck <laughs> well you know it's funny because when you watch a scene from ezra's perspective you're just like oh skeezy ezra but like i i can't deny when i watch it from mario's perspective i like i feel it you know it's like like it, it definitely has like the impact of like a real romance like aria is suddenly realizing that like she's letting herself kind of fall back into this and she's not sure she's ready for it right um, and she's she, and I she's smart enough now i feel like she's She's finally growing, you know, she was the last one to really like have that like breakthrough that all the liars have had at one point. Now she kind of sees how she would behave in a situation like this. And she's smart enough to know she should probably leave. Yeah, she's smart this time. Yeah, uh, let's go to Allison's bedroom. Emily's over. Allison's like showing off her brand new backpack that her dad got her. Pink backpack. Emily's it's just like, it's nice. Yeah, Emily could give a uh, shit. Emily's uh, like not very nice to Allie in this episode. I feel like Emily is taking out her tension with Paige on Allie. I don't know how you feel about that. A little bit. A little bit. I think it's also. I think Emily's also putting the space between 
the Allison herself for a lot of reasons, you know, mm-hmm. not just not just Allison's, you know, recent actions, but also the past and the power that Allison's had over Emily. Because Emily has basically been the page to to Allison's yeah. Emily. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Um, uh, so Allison says that her dad's finally coming around to the idea of them staying there, and Emily's just like, "Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. Maybe your dad was right. Maybe it would be a good idea for you to start over somewhere else." And Allison's mega confused with what and emily's like i, I don't think it's safe and well, it's like, like nice flip-flop emily like jesus christ well yeah, you can really feel allison's confusion here when she says emily where have you been i walked into that police station because you convinced me to come home and emily's like i know okay and i want you here and Allison's well you like, can are you it, i was gonna say that the tension here is that Emily doesn't want to say, look, Paige told me some people might be playing some shit. She doesn't want to implicate Paige, which is why she has to go with this kind of like mealy mouth, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't stay after all. And Allie's like, what the fuck? You know? Well, and, and I, I, maybe I'm giving Emily too much credit, but that would also acknowledge the fact that, you know, a lot of people do have real problems with Allison because she was a huge monster. I, I think Allie's aware of that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I think for more from Emily's perspective, Emily, you know, has always been like, whenever people bring up, you know, this this girl was a huge monster. Emily's like, oh, she wants to make amends, you know, like yeah, she wants somewhat. But I mean, Emily, Emily knows firsthand how cruel Allie could be. Yeah, but she still. Got I mean, Allie is just like stronger along, basically. Um, yeah, but Let's Emily, Allie's like, because Emily's like, no, I, you know, I, I want you to be here, and Allie's like, are you sure? Because it doesn't feel like it. I'm going back to school, and if we just stick together, everything's going to be fine. Emily just doesn't answer, doesn't have anything to say. And Ellie says, "Did you give? Did Hannah give that you record? Did Hannah give you that recording?" Emily says, "Yeah, and I'll memorize it. This is the last time, Allie. Okay, I mean it." And she just takes off, and Allie ponders. She's kind of wondering, like, what the fuck happened to all her loyalty that she thought she had? Well, especially when even Emily's giving her pushback. Well, I have to say, like, on rewatch, it really feels like the liar's attitude is like, a little bit undeserved. Like, Allie's certainly prickly, but, like, Emily hasn't really been particularly nice to Allie since she got back. I, my only criticism for how this scene is going is that I would think that once it's been revealed what Mona, that Mona's the one who sent that text. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd think that they would sit down and re-examine their battle plan, maybe go after Mona a little more directly, and then... Well, it's like they're still mad at Allie for forcing this new lie, even though she explained to them exactly why she did it. Yeah, but they're they're also, at this point, they are. I mean, Spencer calls out on it, but they are going along with it. They are building it up to more. Well, I I think what it's all about is, like, they thought they were done. Like, A's dead, we're done. Yeah. But then, no, you're not done. It's never done, you know? Just when you thought, and then they're kind of taking out that stress on Allie. Yeah, because in their minds, like Allie's just been gone for two years, and they've been putting up with all this. Yeah. They don't know, and then we don't really know what the hell was going on with Allie while she was gone. Oh yeah, because Spencer has that anger that they've been there dealing with Allison's, you know, leftover machinations, and Allison's, you know, popped in occasionally. Well, and, and Spencer but just watched them. I think suffering. we we learned in the black and white episode that Spencer suspects that Allie is using them. To kind of like take the brunt of the attack from A, mm-hmm. while Allie kind of you know laughs from afar and does whatever she's doing on her own. Right. So anyway, Hastings' house. Arya walks in. She's talking to Spencer. Like well, chip, chipmunk speed. Door. Yeah, entering the front door. 
Arya's just like rambling away. She says, it wasn't that big of a deal. I know that it sounds bad when I say I almost slept over at Ezra's, but nothing was going to happen. But it's like, oh, Arya, like it totally was. That's why you left. Such is just but, like, yeah. But it's like, you 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 know, Arya, like there was a reason you left and it wasn't because nothing was going to happen. Right. So Arya's There was no really way crazy. something wasn't going to happen. Like, oh, you're going to sleep on the couch the whole night? Well, so we talk about how Hannah is clearly the topa of Arya. Mm-hmm. This is like where Arya is taking on Hannah moves, where Arya goes straight to the fridge. Yeah, I know. She's like right in the fridge. And Spencer's just like, yeah. And Arya says, what I just said makes me sound like one of those women who gets pregnant and claims they had no idea how, and then it must have come from a swimming pool. Oh, what a wonderful line from Arya. Yeah, especially from Arya. Arya can be really fun sometimes. Uh, all and, the times. And she looks back and sees Spencer is all like, Spencer's just like just kind of screwed up like she's bracing herself. And Arya's like, are you okay? And Spencer says, uh, when Allie disappeared, Mrs. D told my parents that she thought I had something to do with it. And Arya's like, yeah, but she knows you hit Allie over the head. She knows that it wasn't you. And Spencer says, yeah, exactly. But she was trying to set me up. But I'm I'm really worried that my dad tried to stop her. Arya's like, you think that your dad? And Spencer's like, yeah, and so does my mom. I mean, she practically admitted it. Mm-hmm. And they hear a door close, and in walks the man himself, Peter Hastings. Of course. And he just struts right in, and he's like, oh, hi, Arya. And it's really funny. Arya gets this, like, goofy smile on her face when he says her name. It's like, even though she's, like, suspecting him of murder, she's like, oh, he said my name. Hi, Mr. Hastings. Well, so in my notes, I just jokingly put forth the theory. Maybe Arya is now attracted to Peter since potentially Ooh. they're both murderers. Ooh. She's like, hey, hey, Papa Hastings. What's well, I going mean, on? like, move over, Ezra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Spencer says that Arya is going to sleep over tonight. And Peter's just like, sure. As he goes straight Great. to the. Like, Get the glass and some whiskey. Well, Spencer's like, where's mom? And Peter just starts pouring him himself a glass of scotch, like, right in front of them. Like, uh, a glass, like, he's pouring himself, like, eight fingers of scotch here. <laughs> um, Peter's like, uh, oh, she's not coming in. Home and home tonight. I dropped her off at a spa. She's going to spend a couple nights there. Calm her nerves. And Spencer's like, what? When did this happen? Well, no, what spa? After he says that, he, he he's done pouring, and he raises the glass, and it's like, he almost pauses for half a second as he's raising the glass as though he might be toasting them. Yeah. And Spencer's like, what? When did this happen? What spa? And Arya's <laughs> like, I'm going to go get ready for bed. And then she well, just like runs the fuck out of there. He's drinking his whiskey. And he's giving her this look like, I'm not talking about this in front of your friend. <laughs> but he is, though. Like, he's just like, hi, teenage daughter and your teenage friend. I'm pouring a scotch. I'm just talking yeah. about your mom. <laughs> And Arya's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And Spencer's like, Dad. And he says, listen, I don't want you calling your mother and bothering her. She really needs to relax. And Spencer's like, why did she suddenly decide to? And Peter says, the police came by to finish up what they were doing. And she snapped. Luckily, I was there to keep them from pressing charges. And he just like takes another like huge swig. And he's like, man, where would we be without Peter Hastings around? This guy yeah. just owns it. Yeah. And he's like, don't worry. This will all blow over and she'll be home soon. And he just keeps pounding that whiskey as she watches. <laughs> and he definitely looks like a, maybe a little guilty now, you know? Like, yeah. there's something he's not saying. Yeah. He's he's not fully making eye contact. He keeps well, looking away. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of, like, Hannah coming home last season, and there's Ashley just sitting in the dark <laughs> kitchen with, like, a giant glass of wine. Seriously. Um, or it wasn't even wine, though, in that one episode, though, was it? It was it whiskey. Was, no, it was, yeah, it was whiskey. 
whiskey is like the uh it's the the social drink of guilty people on the show <laughs> um so in Alice's living room again she's sitting there on the internet looking in the for dark more love and more hate uh we see a post of hearts it says we miss you Allie. we see someone yeah, put like devil she's on her, her on the website missing, page again on the missing poster picture uh close up on those ultra blue eyes of her she reads this and she just absorbs it yeah it's super close up on her eyes um and then cut to black well it's such a goddamn enigmatic ending like mm-hmm. Like, this is what the world is like without A. Well, the way she's, like, it, we, there's kind of like a slow zoom in as we see her just looking at the website. And she has the weirdest expressions on her face. It's almost like she's, like, she's pleased. Like, she's basking in the hatred. Like, is she planning revenge? Does she enjoy this? Like, yeah, what yeah. is going on inside your mind, Allie? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Close up on her huge watery eyes and then cut to black. Well, and... It, it's such a weird thing because these episodes, they really feel like everything after Shauna's death feels like this weird coda, you know, mm-hmm. to something. And it's like such a much more confusing world. Well, it's like, was that the A tag? Mm. Yeah, exactly. The, like, well, yeah, I kept wondering, I think when we were first watching this, I was like, are they getting rid of A tags? And now it's just Allison tags. <laughs> <laughs> Is Allison A? That, that's, of course, a, a long running theory. So, yeah. Um, so that was the episode, Thrown from the Ride. Fantastic episode. But yeah, it really is a great episode, especially on rewatch. Um, just that a show could do this. But there is no, I was talking about, like, there's no, like, overarching plot. Like, we have to get to this point at this time. And we think so-and-so is A. Mm-hmm. And we have to catch them in the act and blah, blah, blah. No, it's just these characters all, like, isolated and, and falling deeper into their own murkiness. Yeah. And, oh, man, it's so interesting to see them and just like trying to to read the reactions like like what exactly is hannah like everything in this episode you're just kind of interpreting you know and it's like yeah it's the show's inviting you to you know they're not going to spell it out for you it's like form your own theory as to what this means right right uh we are recording this on the morning the very early morning of thanksgiving so yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day, jerks. Um, also, uh, kind of funny. My least that, favorite holiday of the year. Kind of funny that where we are in season five, we have yet to get to Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there Sunday. <laughs> Maybe around Christmas. Uh, but uh, this is a good episode because, like you said, episode three was really good. We knew episode five was a blockbuster. Uh, yeah, what, what we're coming up on next is Miss Me Times 100. Written by I.M. Marlin King, directed by Norman Buckley. That's a heavy hitter episode right there. Well, it's the 100th episode of PLL. The 100th episode. And they really pull out some stops for that episode. It is uh, the very definition of a mega crowd pleaser. I mean, this is thrilling. Yeah, this episode, like, for all the PLL fandom, the PLL army, the PLL, whoever you people are out there, fans, like, it exploded at the end, literally. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just uh, people went nuts with this episode, rightfully so. I mean, goddamn. This was. This almost like made me miss the days of when you had to watch TV live, you know? Yeah, yeah. This was this is an episode worthy of appointment television. Mm. Can't wait to get into it. Yeah, so we'll be talking about Miss Me Times 100 next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, if you want to talk to us, you can go to our website page, which is broswatchpll2.com. Uh, you can have a discussion on the, the episode there. I'll try to put a link to that video I was talking about. 
in the show notes. Uh, if you just want to talk to us on Twitter, we're at broswatchpll2. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like the episode and you want to help us out, you can head on over to iTunes, give us a rating or review. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to hear from people. Um, thanks to everyone who's, you know, chatted with us on Twitter. Um, Amanda had a funny comment on our website page. Uh, she says that GBF movie is like apparently fucking terrible. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. One of our other listeners, um, oh, I want to get the name right. I think it's Jared. Jared. Um, is it Jared? Yeah. Jared. He liked Jawbreaker, which I just don't understand that. I don't know how anyone could like that movie. Um, but yeah, GBF's directed by the guy who did Jawbreaker. We uh, we actually lost a pretty good friend because we we rented Jawbreaker and thought it would be good. We, we literally lost a friend. We never saw her again. She was. We said, "Oh, this looks friend for years." We yeah. rented it and uh, we watched it with her, and then we never. And heard she was just again. like, "Bye, guys," and that was it. Yeah, yeah. She faded into brutal, terrible obscurity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well that was a dark note for a dark episode. Uh, yeah. We'll be back next time to talk about Miss Me Times 100. Mm-hmm. Till then, so long. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.